Battle Line Podcast, you guys have been waiting for this episode 100, and I believe, I'm going to say you delivered, Chris, not we delivered, because this was a contact from you, uh, and that's none other than Master Sergeant Howard, Mad Max, Mullen, Ranger Hall of Fame inductee from 2013, and I said it during the interview we recorded, but a legend in the community, indisputably. Yeah, and and he's still he's still killing it. He'd be sixty three years young, and the dude looks like he's thirty. And but <laughs> he's still the most humble individual in the world. And, but you know, honestly, I think he could. You could throw him in 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 gear and put him in a door, and he could still do the job over and over again. And, and he he epitomizes what a ranger is, really. To me, that's when you talk about Ranger Battalion, the seventy fifth Ranger Regiment, and then also Ranger School that's who you put up there. That's like, okay, this is what you aspire to be is like this guy. And, and, um, and he's still out there inspiring people, you know, with his foundations. And if you haven't had a chance to hear him speak before, he's a tremendous public speaker. Um, and, but he, you're in the action. Like I, I um, if, if you're in the front row and you hear him speak, you're going to be part of the show. <laughs> so, so if you ever get a chance to go see, uh, go see Mad Max speak, do cause you'll leave like feeling, you you just you will leave motivated. Um tremendous yeah. guy. Yep. You could you could tell. So we're excited for you guys to hear this and we have great sponsors who keep us doing this every week and and keep us bringing entertainment and great content for you guys that hopefully will inspire you and I feel inspired because I've been getting a good night's sleep. I'm always well rested and uh I don't get anxiety anymore and really a lot of that is thanks to Ned uh, CBD, I became a true believer when they became, when they came on board with us and I started taking it regularly. Um, it really does ease any anxiety for guys in the community of post-traumatic stress. It has helped with that. And, uh, and yeah, for me, especially with sleep. Uh, so Ned produces the highest quality full spectrum CBD extracted from organically grown hemp plants, all sourced from an independent farm in Paonia, Colorado. Ned is a wellness brand offering science-backed and nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. And they don't cut corners. They they really have the fullest, uh, most transparent CBD out there in the market. So I know that there's all different brands out there, but if you're looking to get started and you haven't tried them yet, you know, they're full transparency with their third-party lab reports yeah. and, and who farms their products. You really are not going to go wrong with them. And you can just start with the smallest dose that they have, and you'll notice these effects subtly because it won't get you high, but it will help you fall asleep, and it will keep your mind at ease. It has for me, certainly. And, and it, you, whether you take it or you use the body butter, it helps out with inflammation. Me, still still an avid runner. I still work out quite a bit. I, I Just a personal story, I pulled my calf and my hamstring. Ooh. It was three, three weeks ago during the Indiana course, teaching the Indiana course, but I, you know, I had other courses I had to do and I wanted to keep working out and I'll be honest, that body butter helped work better than any analgesic that I've ever taken. And, and it, it helped numb, not say numb the pain, but just help with the healing process. And I healed quicker and, you know, the CBD oil, even taking the CBD oil internally. Yes. It gets you, gets you leveled out. It helps you with your emotions, but even taking that in, it helps just like if you would take an over the counter medication for, for, um, for and uh, for inflammation of the joints for pain and it really did help out so it was better than taking Tylenol so um guys not just as far as getting your emotional state but just your everyday wellness they have a bunch of products on there 
that you need to look at. And that body butter, I, I swear by that stuff. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, and it doesn't smell like icy hot. You're not smelling like an old man, like myself <laughs> you're, you're, and, and it works. Chad Solomon, who we had on the show is an Ironman competitor. He also swears by the body butter. And if you're training for an Ironman and running an Ironman and swimming and biking, uh, and it helps you, I mean, it's going to help anybody because those guys put their bodies through hell. If you want to check out Ned and try their CBD for yourself, we have a special offer for the Battleline audience. Go to helloned.com slash Battleline. That link is in the description or enter the code Battleline at checkout for 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Battleline to get 15% off your first one-time order or 20% off your first subscription order, plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. And with that, let's get into Mad Max right here, Howard Mullen. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on, Battle Line Podcast. We've been teasing this out for quite a bit, episode 100. And Max, your name got thrown to to me, really, by Chris. We were, we were racking our brains with who do we have on for the big episode 100. And he said, let's have Max Mullen on. Howard Max, Mad Max Mullen, Ranger Hall f- fame inductee 2013, Master Sergeant. I mean, your resume is huge. I'll list a few things here. Served yeah. in 175th, 275th. 375th and 75th Ranger just, Regimental he Headquarters. Kept, he, he kept getting kicked out every every damn battalion. So he just kept going down the line. It's like, well, we don't yeah. want him. We'll give him there. Let's give him. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, yeah, the, no, and, the Ranger guys will get that. They'll understand that, man. But everybody else. And uh, sure. And and as we were speaking before we started recording as well, I should mention board member at the Ranger yeah. Memorial, the Silent Warrior Foundation. We'll get into the action figures, but before we get into everything, uh, it's just, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on and we couldn't think of anyone better for episode 100. Yeah, bro. Well, thank you. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm humbled to be here and thank you for the invite Ian, and, and, and you, my brother, Chris, like no oh, other. Of course, of course, man. Uh, this was all, I mean, I just can't, I'll be honest. I, I can't believe we had had on you soon. Had you have you on sooner. Sorry guys. I feel asleep and I'm waking up right now. So I'm mumbling really bad. And I usually talk like, you know, I'm really not real smart anyway. So give me a second while the coffee kicks in, but no, <laughs> seriously, I was like thinking, 
man, we haven't had Max on. Like, how the hell have we? We had Shannon Rich on. How did we not have Max, Matt, and Shannon, if you're listening, you get this. Max, you get this too. It's like, how have we not had Mad Max on and we had Shannon on before him? I love you, Shannon. But come on, dude, Ranger Hall of Famer, dude. And we haven't had him on yet. So it, it honestly worked out great because, yeah, you're the perfect one for our 100th episode. In my, in my opinion and from my from the lineage we share, um, dude, you're, you're a legend, man. So, yeah, love to have you on. This is awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled to be here. Oh, of, sure. cor- of course, brother. Um, yeah, but I, I think the ahead, first thing that, that would be great to get into is just um, your background, really. A lot of the guys who we have on who are special operations, who are Army Rangers, we love getting to that origin story. And I know you're a guy who served really prominently in the 80s and 90s. What uh, what was it that drove you to be an Army Ranger growing up as a kid? What uh, what what basically inspired you to go go down that path? This may sound crazy, but um. I thought I was born to be a soldier. <laughs> coming from you, not. dude? <laughs> yeah. No, coming I, from I you sounds crazy. What? Yeah. Uh, my, my dad, he was an army. My my dad, um, yeah. he, he was he, he was an army. He was an army band. And um Well, I the, didn't know that. Yeah, the wow. crazy thing about my dad, my dad one of the biggest influences in my life. Um he was an amazing man. Uh, he went to the the famous black college, um, Florida A and M, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he was a rattler, the a Florida A&M rattler. Yeah. He was in a Rattlers. marching 100 band. He dated Athea Gibson in college. She was the first, um, she won the Wilmington, the first um, black American to win the Wilmington, you know, um, professional tennis. Wow. Um, he played with Ray Charles for a bit after he got out of college. Then he joined the Army. And um, he played at JFK's inauguration. And he also played at Eisenhower's funeral. Wow. And my dad was an amazing man, musician, you know, very humble. And he really motivated me. But he was stationed in Okinawa. Okay. And I was about five years old. And um, at that time, the 173rd Airborne Brigade just stood up there on Okinawa. And they had, uh, you know, just before they went to Vietnam in 64, I believe it is, they, they deployed to Vietnam. That's when they really started getting into the mix. But they were there and they had an organization day. And uh, I remember as a kid, vividly, it had like a little... A, a little mock tower, little little miniature mock tower, and he and I remember he put me in a harness, and the the, the, the sergeant said, "Hey, you you ready?" I said, "Yes, sir, I'm ready." He said, "Call me sergeant." And he said, "When you go down there, I want you to holler Geronimo." I said, "Okay." I said, "Geronimo," went down there, and I was hooked. Right? I was hooked, and I remember um, our babysitter, right? That this one, the first special forces group was there on Oki, and our babysitter, her husband, he was special forces. And he put a green beret on my head when I was five years old. I'll never forget that. And um, I, I, I was hooked. He said, you want to be special forces? Yeah, I want to be special forces. <laughs> and I remember um, uh, my mom, she went nuts. And uh, I remember I jumped off our house. It was the one story with an umbrella, <laughs> you know, Holland Airborne. She went nuts. You know, my sister, mama, you know, sub outside. Get it. I jumped and, you know, fell into the hedges and, you know, knocked my front teeth off in the rocket chair, Holland Airborne. And I was hooked from there. And I was hooked. That that's a dude, that's amazing. I, and the, so, from the band though, you, your father's in the band. Did he try to push you to go to that route, or would you like? No, I'm I'm going I'm going airborne. And then you're talking about special forces. You know, you ended up being a range battalion. But where did the decision to go to range battalion outside of special forces, or just be a paratrooper? So I guess two questions there. 
Did your father like, no, dude, here's, here's a trumpet. You need to go play the trumpet. Get out of here. Or here's, you know, you're not jumping out of airplanes. I want you to play the trumpet. And then would, was it when you got in the army that you said, you know what? I think I'm going to do the Rangers and not go SF or, or not just be a paratrooper. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to go to battalion. How'd that work out? Well, it's, it's crazy because then back in 68, he was stationed at Fort Sheridan, right? Okay. An army band. Yep. Yep. And the movie John Wayne and the Green Berets came out, right, back in 68. And as a kid, we went there on a Saturday matinee and saw just about for the whole month, every Saturday, went there to watch it. That's one of my all-time favorites. And so the 7th Special Forces group had a recruiting A-team there around um, a, okay. a month later. We hung around those guys, and I still wanted to be SF. And so then the big change came when I joined the Army. Uh, I joined the Army back in 1976, right out of high school. And uh, uh, so I went to the recruiter. Back then, they didn't have the option of going SF. Okay. And I really didn't know too much about the Rangers. And so uh, my first duty station was Korea, right? Right. And I met Major General David E. Grange. He was a division yeah. commander there. And as a, and I remember I was 11 Charlie, and we were at an exercise called Team Spirit 78. And he said, hey, the, the, the CG's coming down. Um, he's going to come, you know, he's coming out there, flying out to the field, checking on the soldiers. So he landed out there, and I was just a young PFC, and he came to our gun track. And I remember General Grange, you know, that's who the best ranger competition named after. I'll never forget it, Chris. He had these two stars on his jump wings, represented two combat jumps in uh, yep. World War II and Sunshine. Yep. And um, I saw that that Ranger tab, and uh, I saw the two stars on the CIB, and I said, "Damn!" I said, "I, I want to be a Ranger." <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 Grange, you know, Grange, that's that dude. That's like talking like Colonel Darby. That's like talking, you know, uh, Frank Merrill. You're you're talking. That's oh, yeah. like the, the godfathers of, of Ranger Battalion. I mean, there's legends, but then there's guys like Darby and Grange and, and Merrill and, and guys like that that are like, holy crap. That's those are they're they're the top of they're the top of the food chain right up there. And you had a chance just to be around guys like that. That I, I mean, what shows how, why you you became and we'll get to it, but why you became as great as you did in the Ranger Battalion as well, brother. And um, so w- when your career ended. And then, so you're in Chris, so you've got through, we haven't even talked. I even wanted to get a little bit about, about your basic training. So let's back up a little bit. I, I know we go through stories and we go through things, but I want to know the craziest story at your basic training, if there was one, because, you know, you went through, you went through when people were still getting thrown around. I mean, I went through in the nineties and people were getting thrown around. You went through, what, well, eight, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not trying to get your age out there, brother, but you went through, <laughs> you went through in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, get, give me a, Give me a crazy, give me a crazy, and a lot of guys, crazy basic training, and put things into perspective of how maybe basic training is today in comparison to back then. Uh, I'll be honest, you basic training now is it's a it's a flipping joke. It, <laughs> the army's woke, but anyway, uh, back in '76, I, I came in in '76, right? And you got to remember the mm. Vietnam War just over. You had the USS Miguez incident happened in '75. Oh, wow, yeah, and, yeah. And so it was during that time, and uh, I remember a lot of that stuff, right? The Miguez incident, you know, Koting Island. And so when I went to basic training, you, you got to remember the war just over. So you had a lot of Vietnam vets still there. You got angry and, drill uh, sergeants. You oh, got they pissed were, off they were drill sergeants. Oh yeah, they were pissed. Yeah. And so um, the, a lot of the things that them drill sergeants did to other back then, you know, they, they're probably just not be getting out of Leavenworth. <laughs> But I remember that the craziest story was um, we were at the reception center, you know, uh, wait when, when the drill sergeant's going to pick us up. And I remember the drill sergeants came, picked us up. They had their starch khakis on, 
Yep. You know, the round brown, they're really nice to us. And we got on, they just drove us around the Portland Wood, Missouri. They just drove us around for an hour. Like, where the hell are we going? You know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> and we finally pulled up. You were in a cattle truck. They packed us in there way beyond the safety capacity. Yeah. And I remember, you know, when those doors open, you hear that nomadic sound. Yeah. And I was packed on the top rafter. And uh, I'll never forget a drill sergeant, Gore. He looked at me and I just smiled and said, hi, sir. <laughs> and he turned beet red. He started shaking and he just went berserk. And you just saw nothing but just green bodies. <laughs> blow out. It's like a Niagara Falls, like a dam burst. And he started hollering and screaming and we got in formation and um, it was total chaos. And no matter where you turn, a drill sergeant just appeared. Pew, damn, where the hell did he come from? Yeah, yeah, and it was just yeah. absolute madness, you know, with dress drills, gorilla drills, whistle drills, dump your bag, pack your bag, oh, yeah. dry shape, the whole nine yards. It was absolutely insanity. Uh, but those, you know, those things make you. I remember those two, the, the beginning, the first days, getting off the cattle cars, and and yeah, the dump. The, the I, you know, that was one thing that I I hadn't remembered that you're bringing them back is the, is the bag jumps, the bag oh. dump drills. And then especially at Ranger school, we'll do those things, but we'll oh, yeah. get to that too. But just the craziness and, and for the, put it in perspective, guys, if you don't know what the bag drum, the, the bag dumps, you have your C bags, your D bags, your, 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 your bags that you're carrying your army duffel bags. And basically you're dropping, dropping your bags, making sure you have all, cause you get a packing list before mm-hmm. you go. And it doesn't matter if you have everything in your packing list, you're going to make missing something. You're never right. Dude, and it's just a smoke fest for hours Never right, and hours yeah. now. Wait, when were you at Leno? So was that the summer though? Because Fort La- and you were Fort Lost in the woods, so you had to drive around for hours. That's 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 why you're at Leonard Wood, man. For- yeah, um, so, you're talking about where, where, oh, so you're there when it's hot and muggy and humid in, in oh Missouri. Yeah, it was that's ugly. Uh, oh, that that's a. Uh, well, you know, continuing on and, and things. And Ian, stop me when you got something, brother. Stop when you do No, this is great. I mean, I love hearing, and I think the audience loves hearing about, yeah, what, what made these guys who they are, because everybody knows you as Ranger Hall of Fame. And, and I yeah. think people do want to hear these stories. So, yeah, back to what you were asking. Well, even, even as you're coming up, brother, you, you got through basic training. Now, you, so you had to go to a straight leg unit first, right? You didn't go right to airborne school after basic. You went to a straight leg unit because you were a mortar guy. I live in Charlie. So how did that end up where you ended up going to Ranger Battalion? Because that's not an easy path if you don't have. And then again, that now granted, it was different. I think you didn't have RIP contracts or RASP contracts no, no. or Option 40s back then. So how did that work back then just to get to the 75th Ranger Regiment at, at the time after going from a straight leg, straight leg unit or even a, an airborne unit? Well, it, it goes back to General Grange, believe it or not, because at that time he said, what do you want? I said, sir, he said, what do you want to do with your life? I said, I want to be a Ranger. And he said, you sure you want to be a ranger? Then he said, yeah, you know, <laughs> I said, yes, sir. He said, my son, which was, um, you know, Lieutenant General Grange, who retired. He yep. said, my son served in the L Company Rangers. He's also a comp- He's also a platoon leader in the 1st Ranger Battalion. And um, he said, you sure you want to be a ranger? He said, yes, sir, I want to be a ranger. Then he told his aide to come here. And he said, Danny, take this young man's information. And that aide was was um, Captain Danny McKnight. Oh, was Danny. oh, no shit. Yeah, That's Black Hawk, Black Hawk Down McKnight. That was, Black Hawk no. Down McKnight. <laughs> so it, it's, it's funny how these people are going full circle. So he took my information down. And so then around six months later, I did the EIB. And though General Grange came up there, because I was an armor, armor unit, because 11 Charlie's, you know, yeah, yep, the yep, armor. Yep, yep, yep. And so General Grange said, um, he, he's pinning my EIB on. He said, you sure you still want to be around? I said, yes, sir. He said, I ain't forgot about you. And I thought he forgot about it. And he said, um, you know, um, uh, Danny's going to make sure you get all the information that you need. 
I said, thank you, sir. And so then I um, kept there night. He said, this, this is what you need to be successful. Go to the ranger school. So then my first duty station after less career with 101st Airborne, right? Mm-hmm. And so then um, right then and there, I said, I, I got to go to rangers. I, I, I got to be a ranger. And so back then, you the step of being a ranger, you had to put in a 4187, mm-hmm. right? And then you um, you had, had to put in 4187. You had to take an airborne PT test. Then you had to take a ranger PT test. And at that time, the units did the test. Okay. And so then you had a, this AR pamphlet that had all these skill one level prerequisites that you're supposed to be, uh, you know, proficient in. And so I put it in. And so then I got, uh, you know, I got my orders. And so um, it said I was assigned to the first ranger battalion, first center field ranger battalion at Hunt Army Airfield. And so back then, right, then I, I made I made E5 in, I went before the E5 board with 18 months in the Army. Wow. I made that's, E5 exactly two years. That's right quick. On the yeah, that's fast. And so uh, I left Korea with an MSM okay. as, a, as a corporal. I didn't even know what the MSM was, and General Green signed off on it. Wow. And so okay. here I am with you, the- Do you guys want to uh, get yeah, us up to I'm sorry, MSM, Meritorious Service Medal. And that's something usually, I mean, sure. you, if you have good standing, good service, and, and Max can speak even better than I can because he, he was in the military, Matt being a master sergeant, but, you know, you usually have to have a longer time in service to to get oh, yeah. that get that award. Usually, it's not in two years. Matt, is it five years? I, I don't know what it is now. Is it like normally, at least have no, four or five years in to get yeah, that? Yeah, four or that? five years. Normally, E seven and above gets it. Yeah, cool. And so I always just like to get the audience up to speed because Chris will tell you. I, I'd say about half our audience are civilian, about half are veterans. So yeah, no, and I yeah, forget getting everybody up. To, to we we use like, proper acronyms. We explain acronyms. <laughs> no, I know. It's, oh I, yeah, yeah. I'm like shit. I forgot. Sorry, dude. Uh, that, that's why Ian's here. He's like, okay, dude, guys, slow down. You're losing. <laughs> guy doesn't what, know every acronym. Is this, what is this? I've mean? learned some of them. <laughs> but yeah, keep keep going, dude. So yeah, you so you're going first bat. You got your MSM. Right. Um, and, and you're, you're, yeah, and that's where we're in. So what, what, what happened? Man? And so then, um, I had orders. So I went straight to airborne school. And so from then you go from airborne school, then you go straight to ranger school. Then you go to the ranger battalions. Oh, so there wasn't at that time, the, there wasn't like an end. And that's what I understood. I, I knew it from back then. I just, again, it just was so weird back then. There wasn't really like an end doc. There wasn't a rasp or a no. rip at that time. You had no. to, you got end docked basically going to the battalion. So when you right. got to your battalion, they, they vetted each of, so first bat, first bat vetted their own guys, second bat vetted their own guys, third bat vetted their own guys. And, and basically, okay, I, I got it. I'm tracking. So what that means guys is, is for all you out there that don't understand it, Mac, um, when I went in, you, you signed up for a rip contract or they, what they do now is you, you basically after a basic training, you go to airborne school, you go to the 75th Ranger Regiment headquarters and they actually, it's a tryout. You try out where Max saying back then you basically, you, you're in the unit, but I'm assuming, and I, from the stories I've heard from guys at your time, your lineage, it was pretty much hell because there wasn't really being vetted, but you're getting hazed like a motherfucker. Oh yeah, every day. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, go, keep going, keep going, man. Cause I want to hear about these hazing strikers. I heard they were just ungodly unbearable. I mean, just brutal hate. And, and don't be afraid to tell people you, and you're not going to go to prison. We'll, we'll, we'll edit out anything. That's, that's statues, of limitations, statues of limitations are long past. They're, they're full on. Yeah, they're good. So, cause I want to hear those stories. Cause it makes it's, it's admirable to me to be like, man, I thought I went through when I was hot, when it was hard, when I went through, 
I heard you guys' stories because there was really no oversight. So you guys were getting just hammered relentlessly as as Ranger Ranger privates. And so but you were but you were an E five at the time. So was it any different before you went in? Yeah, uh I have to back up a little bit. I went to Air, Airborne School was a lot different than it is now. Airborne, it, it was harder, harder. Oh yeah. hell, a lot harder. You you had uh, we had inspections every morning, and uh, in, in ranks inspections. And those okay. black hats, they didn't play. They they some of those professional black hats. Those guys they appear every morning. They were strapped from head to toe. Well, weren't, I mean, weren't a lot of those guys from Vietnam paratrooper units? So, a lot of those, yeah. yeah, those guys were paratrooper units were weren't, weren't were no joke back then. They were, I mean, eighty second hundred first. They were in the shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were in. The, okay, yeah, man. I, I was going to ask about that too. The paratrooper, the airborne school, the difference because it was it honestly when I went through even in the nineties, it was easy. I didn't think it was that hard. I, I mean, so yeah, tell us some stories from from airborne school. I'd like to know some. I remember in um, airborne school. Um, you had your zero week waiting for the class to fill up and mm. the, the uh, airborne tax, they, they ran us to death. And it wasn't on this, you know, um, seven to eight minute. Per, it was an mile. airborne. Sh- it was an airborne show. Oh, it was, fast, oh, it was like brutal. You know, either, either march or die. And I remember one time it, it took us on a run and it's something like, I think the, the heat index probably around 90, 90, yeah. almost a hundred. And this is talking about on zero six in the morning. Yeah. And we got back and I almost blacked out. I mean, I saw the, the, you know, the darkness closing in and <laughs> I went, he said, Addy, shake it out. I went to one knee and I said, geez. And so I made it through airborne school and airborne school was very challenging back then. Very challenging. Um, the females in one platoon, they just started the females. They had their own platoon okay. and um, they didn't cut us any slack. The airborne instructors, very professional. Um, so then uh, I was on orders to go to first bat, right? I mean, go straight to ranger school. Mm-hmm. From Airborne mm-hmm. School. And okay. so I got tried to tell, I said, look, I'm pulled to go to Ranger School, which started the next week. No, oh, no, you got orders to go to first. But I said, that's after Ranger School. I said, get on a damn bus. So I get on the bus. So I get to Hunter. And back then they had the, they, they had, uh, they, they had pre-Ranger. Yeah. They, they had a pre-Ranger yeah. course, yeah. right? And all this was over at Sabre Hall. Okay. And so then like NCOs and officers would come, they would go there, they'd get their issue and stuff. Then they get assigned to the company. So I get there as an E5 tablet, and I tried to tell him, say, hey, look, I'm supposed to go to ranger school. And they snatched my orders and never – I'm not going to say his name. is snatched my orders. I said, well, you're going to go to pre – you're going to go to um, – you're going to go to pre-ranger. I said, no, I, my, my my class start next week. And so the, the guy was livid, you know. And <laughs> he was like – looked at me like, you know, you you mother effer. You know, now we got to waste a damn slot. I said, look, it's not my fault. And so I felt a lot of hate, right? And he said, you're probably going to pass it anyway. So um, so I went there with hate on me. Then he saw my MSM. He said, how the hell you get an MSM? I said, I don't know. I mean, they awarded it to me. And so he goes to my 201 file thinking I'm a t- <laughs> $2,000. You know, oh, don't yeah. get mad at me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, but that's that's all. Because I remember battalion. You're, the, But, you know, I know you're the same way when you became an RI. We'll get to the RI stuff. But it's hard when because you want everybody's got to go through what you did before. I mean, I went through it, so you got to go right, right a passage, right? Yeah, passage. and so when somebody skips it, yeah. it's yeah. I, I'll be honest. I, if I was that guy looking at your order, I'd be like, "This son of a bitch! How is he getting all this shit? No way! He's got to go through the same shit that I went through." But did so? Did you manage, or did you have to stay do the do the three week range, or did did you, you get know, to school? They, they they put me on the bus, and I went okay. straight to ranger school. All right. And uh, the the thing about it. 
um, it was a motivating factor because I said, yeah, I'm going to show this guy. I'm gonna yeah, show yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I get there, and the, the crazy thing about it is um, so we get there, and um, Ranger School, as you see now, and then is like, it's not even the same. Um, I don't know what yeah, you call it yeah. now, but Ranger School back in the day, they didn't joke. So I remember my, my day one, we got there. Um, you know, we, we were in a hotel, so we got, you know, we went over there to Ranger Joe's and got all the yeah. little, you know, knickknacks yeah. and stuff that you need. And so we report day one and a ticket. We're over in the old area, not the area is currently at now, the old area. You're, 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 you're over back in, uh, was that, was it still Kelly Hill? Was that what it was back no, it in was, the day or was it somewhere else? Where they do the best Ranger steaks at. Okay. Got that you. Gotcha. That's, that's where the Ranger school used to be at. Okay. At that time it was called a third Ranger company. Okay. Right. Wow. Before okay. RTV, it's yeah, called yeah. Fort Ranger Company Ranger School. Had nothing and then, okay, for, for everybody out there, guys, it's Fort it's Fort Benning. We're we're in Fort Benning, Georgia, right now, right? It, it still was at Fort Benning. You, yeah, you started Benning. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And so at that time, um, so they, they put us in the barracks, and I, I remember our tax. So matter of fact, one of my tax class tax was um, Sergeant Ramsey. He was a duck to the Ranger Hall of Fame, uh, I believe, uh, last year. Wow. Uh, he was ducked to the Ranger Hall of Fame. He was my class tag. And so uh uh they that, that first night they had us lay all our stuff out. And back then in Ranger Eyes, you had to sew them on. You had to sew your yeah. cat eyes on. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. <laughs> you you okay. know the drill. Hey, right? tell, tell tell everybody what the cat eyes are. Tell them what they are, man. What uh, what what they're for. It's like a lot of people won't know what that is. Even some guys have been in the army probably don't. So yeah, tell them what the cat eyes are. The cat eyes are two luminous tapes that glow in the dark that you sew in the back of your patrol cap. We call it a patrol cap. We call it a PC. And it had to be sewn specifically with two, four, six, eight, with 10 square knots, two half hitches, <laughs> right, perfectly. And then it, it takes you, you have to use dental floss. And it probably yeah, uh-huh. takes you a good hour to do it, if not more, if you, you know, you have, th- have fingers like thumbs. And so then you had to lay everything out exactly the same. And so the class tech will come in. he look at the first bunk and said, it's not the standard. I'll be back in an hour. And we were like, what the hell, dude? Back then, you didn't, you know, we just like, we tried to look, we drew sketches. And he comes back in an hour and he goes to the second bunk and said, oh, no, not the standard. No, I'll be back in another hour. So by then it's around zero, yeah. 100, zero, 100, you know, one o'clock in the morning. He comes in and said, okay, good to go. He didn't even inspect everybody. So we get in, you know, we get in the bunk. Then no more than an hour uh, later, all hell broke loose. This, at this time, you had what they called a Morgan team, and the Morgan team were hell on wheels. Morgan team, they they came into the barracks like a SWAT team, taking down a crack meth house <laughs> and um, throwing um, artillery simulators <laughs> under the buildings and just hollering and throwing garbage cans down the hallway. Garbage can, yeah, yeah, you know, you know get the f out, you know. Get, and so you see a big mass mob, half naked, half dressed. Rangers just falling down the steps, you know, rolling. <laughs> guys are completely naked. Guys in their, their skivvies and their T-shirts low crawling. And we're in formation. <laughs> and then um, the, the taxi just went nuts. Said, get the hell back in and get dressed. You got 15 minutes. And we run back in there. We get dressed. Then it took us over there. And then that's when it really started. Um, we, we just PT the hell out of us. They ran us. Um, the, the run was as fast as the range instructor can go. So you're talking about a six-minute mile. Yeah. And so you yeah. see the rangers fall out left and like, right, like somebody threw a frag grenade in a formation. 
<laughs> you know, you're seeing carcasses getting thrown on the back of the fallout truck. And the only thing he said, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall. I get back, you know, the poor saps that didn't make the run. Oh, my goodness. They had to go through more hell. And so the rest of us, they get back to the barracks, you know, shower down holes, hung up. You yeah. got 30 minutes. And then you ran through the chow hall and they just slopped it on our plate. We just ate and just kept going. Move, move. Oh, you finish. Go. Boom, boom. No, I remember that. I do. Oh. I, I do. I, and that's, you know, that's fair. I get it's. It's, you know, people watch the movies and, and they, they, they think, you know, you watch the seals and the hell week and all that, they, it, every branch has, it, and that's what it reminded me of. And that was just one of the things, you know, ranger yeah. school was just part of the hell. Going on through rip, we had our first hell week was the first. And, and I, one thing that I admired when I went through those, I could ask guys like yourself what to expect and whether you were supposed to tell me or not, you always kind of did. So I kind of was ready. I remember the first night I stayed up. I didn't go to sleep because I didn't want to get scared. So I didn't sleep. So I didn't get any sleep, but then I didn't get woken up with, with explosions and, and, and trash cans going down. So I was ready for it. And, and um, so I, I paid the price with, which, which I lost a couple hours of sleep, but I gained it because I did, wasn't shitting myself waking up to trash cans being thrown by my head and arty yeah. simulators going off. Um, but it, you know, Ranger School started there, and you know that's when you were you had Desert Phase back then as well, which I think they've eliminated now, and maybe they brought it back or not. But you know, going through, was there a time at Ranger School like like where where was your? And I think when people want to hear this, and I I, I think people to overcome adversity to hear this, as a student, where was your lowest point where you you because everybody's had it. I don't care who how oh, tough yeah. oh, you yeah. are. Oh yeah, everybody's had that shit. I don't want to do this shit. Can I just fall down this mountain and break my arm yeah. so I can quit honorably? <laughs> and and wh where was that? Wh which phase and what was going through your head where you were just like, man, I I'm done. I don't want to do this shit anymore. You know, I, and, and you know, you fought through it, of course, and you, and of course, you graduated, and then you became one of the greatest ranger instructors of all time. But, but, um, but what what was your lowest point there, and, and how would that you know use this as a catalyst to tell people, hey, dude, you know, you're a motivational speaker too. Hey, this is what I was thinking. This is how I got through it, and this is how I succeeded. But yeah, I had my low point too, where I didn't want to be there. So yeah, do you have yeah. that story? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, uh, my, my lowest point came in the Florida phase, and uh, people have to remember back then, you would issue one mill a day. Yeah, you know, and if, <laughs> if, if, if you know you, you issue so many mills, and if you all your mills up, that's it. But my lowest point, it rained on us for around three days straight. Yeah, and I remember the ranger started to come in in the morning and said, "Who wants to quit?" That's all he said. Who wants to quit? You're shaking. Everything's wet. Everything's rusted up. You, there's a twelve. Who wants to quit? You see a guy get up. And he said, not today, not today. And so I remember this one night we were doing, we just completed uh, an amp, uh, we just completed an ambush. Mm -hmm. And so we were moving to the patrol base. It was raining all day and it was coming on hard. I was wearing my glasses, the old birth control glasses. Everything's <laughs> fogged up. I'm wet. And uh, we were crossing this log and I slipped and I, oh. my, my leg went up to my crotch in mud and I just went berserk. You know, I said, man, the hell with this crap. And I remember my buddy, his name was Mike Kelso, who was also inducted to the Ranger Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, wow. Uh, wow Mike, yeah, Mike Kelso, yeah, yeah. Who, who also fought with the, in, with the Rhodesian Army in Rhodesia. Wow. And uh, Mike Kelso grabbed me. He said, Max, you got this. That's yeah. all he said. You got this. <clears throat> he said, if you quit now, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. And he pulled me up and I said, I got, all right, I got this, Mike. I got this. 
that was the lowest point in my, my life. And I have to look back, Chris, if I would have said, throw in a towel in that night, yeah. how my life would have turned out. Oh, but crazy to think. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, what do you think? Honestly, you'd probably been in the uh, bank robbery hall of fame, you know, criminal hall of fame too. You'd be the best criminal in the, in the world. <laughs> Smash yeah. But no, you're right. Cause it, it, you go down that route and at those times, you know, especially then with the options you had, you know, options ever. And it, 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 there's really routes that you go in the army during those years. And, and, yeah. and if you get out, a lot of those guys, they go, they go the other direction. You know, they, 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 they do. They go, they go the bad, they bad route. But I, I remember, you know, I remember having my own during mountain phase when it started snowing on us and I was tired of being f- fucking cold, excuse yeah. my language, yeah. but I was tired of it. And I remember screaming like this. I, and I don't know why they didn't kick me out then. Cause I, at the screw top of my lungs, I was bitching climbing all the way up a hill going this, why are we doing this bullshit? Why am I here? And yeah, I, I just had another ranger that was, we had a great squad. Our squad actually passed all of ranger school after Benning, Benning phase, after Benning phase, our whole platoon only set, only uh, eight of us passed in my platoon and Benning phase. And then they put us in one squad and we managed to work together through the rest of the ranger school. We all passed everything together. I, I had the, I, it was a first, actually it was a first bat guy. My, my oh, ranger yeah. buddy. Yeah. I just said, Hey dude, get your shit together, man. We're, we got this. We'll get through together. But yeah, I mean, I think we all at ranger school have had that one night where, and it usually is when we're super cold. Oh yeah. And wet oh, or yeah. Something. <laughs> that oh yeah. It's like, I'm done. I don't want to do this shit anymore. Just take me, take me now, dear Lord, take me down, roll me down this hill. Yeah. I don't want to do this shit anymore. But you, you got, you got through ranger school, you know, and I know you passed everything did. Of course you did. Um, yeah, and you know, just for sake of time, because I we also want to talk about because you're you know the tax sim stuff you're doing, and we want to get into your. I want to talk about a little bit of you being a ranger instructor, you know, all right? Because that's a big I, deal. I got well, I got one thing I want to add about. about yeah, yeah, no, go, 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 do, do, um, do. My, my, on graduation, right on the day of the graduation, right? Um, they said, okay, loved ones come out there, you pin the ranger tabs on. I didn't have nobody to pin mine on, so I'm standing there with my ranger tab in my hand, and so the the um our the the ranger school commander came down out of the bleachers and said, young man, I said, yes, sir. He said, you know, you don't have anybody pinning your range tab on? I said, no, sir, you don't mind if I pin it on? I said, oh, sir, I'll be honored. Lieutenant L.A.P. Sidnor, who was the deputy commander on the Sante raid, pinned my range tab on. Wow. That's, that's, dude, that's amazing. And now that's amazing things that you, you did and the people you're around, which really acted, acted as your, as your family, man. I really, if you look at it back in, Tell, well, you know, since we're talking about that, you know, we don't talk about your family too much. You don't have to if you don't want to, brother. I know, but you know, can you tell a little bit? And were they not involved much with the military when you were coming up? And if I, you know, because I've never, I'll be honest, Max, I, we have never discussed that ever. I've never asked you. And I know this is a, this is a place where you know we got a, we're we're in a public eye a little bit right now. But is there? If if there any advice if people grew up like that where you you know your family was Rangers or you didn't have the support or maybe you did and and I just didn't know about it, um, but if you didn't, how did you manage to? Because you because you ended up being a success anyway, regardless. You know you 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 still drove on. A little bit about your family life a bit and 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 you know how you how you still managed to be successful because I didn't I didn't know your family wasn't there to pin on your tab and that's a big deal. 
Yeah, it, it, it's a big deal. My, my, like I said, my daddy, he was an army band, and he yeah. was a musician. Damn good musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dad, your dad was. And, yeah, why didn't he show? I guess I'm like, what was he? Had he passed at that time, or did he? Had, no, he did he was still alive. But uh, you remember, this is back back in the seventies. Yeah, and so yeah. I didn't think it really was a big deal because I just want to hurry up and get through it. And uh, um, they came to my my uh, basic training graduation. Okay. But my dad was always there for me, and it, okay, it got to the point he wanted to be a musician. But, and I, t- I tell people, you got to follow your heart. You got to carve out your own destiny. You got to carve out your own future. And so that's what I did. Gotcha. And um, and and, and you, that's how you got to you got to find your own place in life. And that's what I wanted to be was a soldier, a, a uh, ranger. I- Guy, I said. I guess I just didn't know if there was a falling out at some point. If there, and but was was there at that time, or did you guys once you got done? I, I'm sure, like any father. I mean, my father never was in the military, but very proud. Once I got done with everything, he didn't oh, understand absolutely. it. But was he? Yeah. Did he? Did he like? Hey, I, you know what? I I wanted you to go in the band, but holy shit, you're a ranger. Was that? Oh, they were very proud. Very. That's proud. awesome. That's they were awesome. Very proud. That's awesome. Um, Ian, I know if you got anything, jump in, brother. But no, no, it's same I, same place you wanted to go because I like these are these are great Ranger School stories. But yeah, I'd love to hear where things went from there because, as I said earlier, first, second, third, uh, 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 all three of the seventy fifth Ranger Regiment, as well as the Ranger Regimental Headquarters. I mean, it's a long, distinguished career. So I would love to get into yeah, where things yeah, yeah. went from there in the eighties and nineties. Okay, so uh, so I graduated Ranger School. And so I went back to first bat. And so the, the guy who was giving me so much, so much heat, you know, I kind of rubbed it in his face. And said, I got it. And he, he started <laughs> beat red. You know, <laughs> I got it. You know, I kind of had a little swagger. And so since I was 11, Charlie at that, I was assigned to HAC. Mm-hmm. And at that time, all the range, all the mortars were in the same company in HAC. So I got there. And uh, it was crazy, like, uh, two of the guys that served within the Rangers, you know, two eventually became Ranger Hall of Fame. And so um, then I was assigned to Alpha Company 175, right, West okay. Platoon. And uh, Mike Hall, um, he, he uh, Mike Hall, he, he's Ranger Hall of Fame, famous. I think he was a uh, SOCOM Command Sergeant Major. Yeah, Command Sergeant Major. Yeah, he was, you know, we were, we were in the same platoon. And um, so the first bat – and back then it was a lot different. We jumped every Monday. Yeah, that sucks. We jumping jumping yeah. sucks. I, yeah, that was. Yeah. I, that you were like an. I mean, really like a, a paratrooper unit back then. Oh yeah, where, it was. It was real yeah. McCoy. We we jumped yeah. every Monday, right? And we stay in the field from Monday through Wednesday. Come back um, Thursday. Then we clean weapons on Friday. And so then that following we, we reverse. We did the cycle. We jumped. And while you're, believe it or not, back in the day when you're in pre-Ranger, I mean, in RIP, you probably left RIP with around 20, 25 jumps before you yeah. went to battalion. Yeah. Because you're proficient. Because at that time, we had the T-10, um, T-10 parachutes and jumping Dash 1 Bravos at that time. Okay. And so, um, you know, we, we did a lot of field exercises, uh, a, a lot of deployments. And we constantly stayed busy because at that time, you may only have 1st and 2nd Ranger Battalion. And um, first bat, we we never work with second bat. You know, those are the guys on the West Coast. Well, yeah, there's it's it's so hard the logistics because you're yeah. on, you're you're in Georgia, they're up in Washington, and and yeah, you're right. At that time, third bat didn't exist. At that time, they hadn't, they hadn't been they yeah. hadn't been coming up. So yeah, and Savannah, it, your training, your guys' training cycles were unbelievable, man. Did you do any kind of? Were you doing any sort of rotary wing stuff at that time? Because I don't think 100, task force didn't exist at that no, time either. At, at 160. The time, 
You, yeah. you only have first, second, third time. We, we fell under the Joint Chiefs of Staff. You, okay. Just, you didn't have no JSOC. You know, none of this would be in existence. You just had first, second bet. You had SF. And Delta was just in its infancy, right, that time. Okay. You know, because Beckwith would come down and they have, you know, and they come down to get a brief who wants to go Delta. And so Delta was just really in its infancy, right? They just finished okay. doing their, they're just really just finished standing up. And so um, uh, the big thing that happened back then was Desert One, right? Iridian, yeah. they, that, that was the big deal that happened there. Yeah. And so um, Charlie Company, under the leadership of um, Captain Grange, General Grange's son, they had the mission. Um, of going over there to provide airfield security, yeah. and also a, a quick reactionary force. And so they went off and did their own thing. It's like, hey, what, what's, what's Charlie Company doing? <laughs> and, you know, then all of a sudden we start seeing the M551 Jeep start appearing. And uh, what's the, what they're doing, what they're doing, what they're doing. And so they just disappeared. And I remember I was coming from the club. And um, at that time, we had, the, you know, the day room, you had your mailbox up there. Yeah. And, Charlie Company just returned from from or I think either Egypt or Oman, just right after the debacle, you know, after the yeah, you know what yeah. happened out there on Desert One, and they were cleaning weapons. I'm like, damn, I, I got my my club my club clothes. I said, damn, brother, what happened? And so one of the guys, right, um, uh, he he, we we're really tight brothers, right? And um, I said, what happened? He said, yeah, man, um, yeah, I was out there. I was on the on the blocking team, man. Boom, man. So he told me what happened. He said, yeah, a Iranian bus came up, and I got on there, and and um, the Iranian said, who are you guys? He said, we're Nigerian commandos. <laughs> I said, wow. Yeah, he said, yeah, we're Nigerian commandos. He said, then then it was the big explosion. He said, it was like, boom. It was like everybody started running for the aircraft and let those guys go. Wow. And um, so right after that, that is when the battalion changed forever. I remember yeah. out there at 29 Palms. We were out there at 29 Palms doing desert training. And all of a sudden, we had a company formation. And I remember our CEO, it had the whole company line up. And he said, okay, we want all the M203s right here. We want all the M60s here. We want all the MP5s here. We want all these weapon systems here and so forth. And then he said, okay, you know, first platoon, you guys are going to be called jump clearing. What? 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 Jump what? Second platoon, you're going to be doing this, you know, blocking position. Then we brought out the Jeeps. Then they brought out the motorcycles. And then we started wow, that, that, yeah, that's where it started right there. So when we were out there in uh, 29 Palms, that's when we started doing it. We started, that's when we had the first generation NBGs and we had the Jeeps that had the Jeeps. They had M202 flashes on there and um, had the M60 machine gun and just loaded up with laws and in the uh, milk crates. And so we started doing, you know, jump clearing. We started doing that. You started doing the, that was when you started doing the airfield seizures. Airfield seizures, and all, exactly. Yeah, all, all, all that. Yeah, that and that was that was all from from Desert One is in where where that got big. Yeah, and um, for those yeah, if you guys, I know we don't got a ton of time. If you search Desert One, you'll see it. It was it's where really JSOC started. Where where they said, like, hey man, we got to get a coordinated. We got to get some coordination between all these units because because yeah, we and, can't have and this I'll thing even, uh, again. I'll even throw a little plug to our friends over at the team house because I, I know they've interviewed some guys who have been involved in Desert One. Like I believe Mike Vining, right? I think he had a part in Desert Vining. One. He, yeah, a lot yeah. of those guys from that era. Warrior Foundation, just um, a week and a half ago, we hosted the desert one we had the uh we had four of the delta operators we had a couple of the guys we had two of the embassy guards 
Marine Embassy guards. We had two of the hostages. And this was the first time all these guys were together. Wow. You know, ever met each other at one time. And it was pretty emotional. Wow. Hey, hope you're all enjoying this episode with none other than Howard Mullen, better known as Mad Max, Ranger Hall of Fame inductee 2013, and uh, just great guy in the community. We really enjoyed having him on. Um, but before we continue with this, as I said earlier, we have great sponsors that keep us on board. And one of those being our newest sponsor, none other than Photonist Defense, who is the global leader in night vision. Uh, I'll get into the specifics a little bit more, but I know that you know, this is a guy that you served with Phil yeah. who you who you stand behind and, and he really stands behind this product because he knows his stuff. He's been overseas, he's been there and done that. He has worked with him at GRS. Um he was a Marine, uh, and also, you know, just timing. Actually, I I've got the stuff in my hands. I used it, actually used it uh um what's today, the thirteenth. So I used it back on on the second of September. And guys, that's the, it is mil spec quality night vision. I, I had the 15s on PVS 15s. So you look at uh, they're they're the binos that you use. And guys, the clarity of those things and it's white phosphorus. The clarity of them is is second to none. And at night vision, that, that's saying a lot because um, there's a lot of competition out there. And and mil spec, you know, mil spec stuff is when I say mil specifications. That's top of the line, guys. The special operations community we use. There's competitions out there and just the little things that make it better. And, you know, the ability, because a lot of this night vision just have to save battery power. So because they they all use batteries and the worst thing that can happen is you're using night vision. You're in the middle of a hit and your batteries run out. I mean, can you, I mean, it's bad enough when you have your remote control and the batteries go out on your TV, but think of it that way. And, you know, a lot of them have automatic shutoffs. So you save battery power and a lot of them is due to angles. So if you're, if the, if the night vision is flipped up on your helmet or you have a, you have it on a head casing, which sometimes we used to, it flips up, it turns off automatically. The problem with that is if you're at different angles in a, say a gunfight, and I hope you never are, but this is what I'm saying, putting it at different angles, it could shut off on you. For example, leaning under, under a car to look to shoot somebody, it'll shut off on you. The great thing about what Photonis has done with the turn on off switches is magnetic based. So it's a movement of the, of the actual, the, the actual binos, or if you have the, uh, the, the gens with the four bangers, which has the, uh, the, the tubes on all four sides. So you have, you have a peripheral vision. You have to physically move them into a position for them to shut off, which saves that accidental shutting off. If you're at an angle based off a body position. And I, I, I know that maybe, great to a lot of you out there but as far as using night vision that's huge because it saves you where you're in a gunfight and you're leaning to go behind cover and all of a sudden your night vision shuts off because you're at an angle that you shouldn't be which is what all the other night vision does all the other tubes out there do except for photonist defense so um yeah guys check them out tremendous the weight is fantastic on them they're not heavy um and they their attachments are fantastic as far as i have mine set up on my gladiator solutions helmet and it, it didn't move an inch as far as falling off no problems with it at all i to say the least i was impressed and i on on the 2nd of september when i was wearing them, i was wearing them for about four hours and um wow. yeah uh, and i actually did some room clearing with them did some shooting with them Nice. Tremendous stuff. Tremendous stuff. So guys, Photonis Defense, check them out. Uh, for all you guys, the middle spec guys, law enforcement community, they're looking for night vision. 
and Phil knows what he's doing. Phil's been there and done that. So check out Fatana's Defense if you need if you need stuff for your departments, and you will not be you will not be disappointed with those things at all. Absolutely. Hunters, shooters, boaters, and outdoor enthusiasts rely on Photonist defense systems to make their adventures safer and more successful. Military, law enforcement, and public safety end users utilize Photonist defense solutions to give them the edge at night in tactical situations and rescue operations. Photonist defense is now offering state-of-the-art night vision systems from the PD Pro B16 millimeter binocular and the PD Pro M 16 millimeter monocular to the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Customers from all over are excited about these new, smaller, lighter NVGs. You've got to see these things to really experience how much smaller and lighter they are than anything you've used previously. We're also going to fill auto on the podcast in a few yeah. weeks. And I know you're going to shoot some stuff, right, with Zach, uh, with your uh, yeah, photo we, guy, right? We, we, we are actually, we are, we, we on the second, we back on the September 2nd, we actually did some shots. So they might be posted by now. The, the, yeah, they probably are. We, I haven't okay. yet, but I'm not, you know, I, I do just my main Instagram. Everybody else runs everything else on on it. But as far as Photonist goes, yeah, that's up to Phil and his marketing team with their okay, cool. photos. So we might have some stuff on YouTube yeah, by yeah, then yeah. where you could see what these are really capable and you got to check them out. So visit photonistdefense.com. That's P-H-O-T-O-N-I-S defense.com. Photonistdefense.com. Link is right there in the description for more information or look for Photonist Defense product options from your night vision dealer. And while we're talking night vision, we also have to talk about the best ammo on the planet, uh, and that is none other than Fort Scott Munitions. We love them. They've been with us pretty much since day one, and here we are, 100 episodes in, and we get to do what we do, and we love interviewing the guys that we do, all thanks to them and other great sponsors that we work with. So Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact. That's their trademark in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states. Here's what you got to do. Go to the dealer locator on fortscottmunitions.com and you'll find a place pretty much anywhere at whatever state that you're in. Um, Like, for example, I'm here on Long Island. I, I put in my zip code and the closest thing is South Shore Sportsman and Merrick. So I can take a pretty quick drive and get it. And I believe if you're in, let's say, a gun friendlier state, you can probably find a hell of a lot more places, right? I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's every, it's everywhere. And um, they've got a new batch of nine mil casings in, guys. So they're getting back up. I know nine mil always been hard to come by. Um, hard to come by. I'm sorry, um, guys. If you want your nine mil, you need to get your stock up. Go down to your dealer and start ordering that Fort Scott now because they've got a bunch of casings in. They're getting caught up on their nine mil orders. So uh, I know a lot of you've been waiting for that. If you want to get in the first one in line, go do that now because they're going to be shipping them to the stores here pretty soon. Yep. And if you want to wear the coolest shirt in your gym, 
rock the tactic squad <laughs> shirt uh you'll get an exclusive 15 percent off thanks to us so that's uh fortscottmunitions.com use the exclusive promo code battleline for 15 percent off your order and that's only available to listeners of this podcast so that's Fort Scott Munitions, Fort Scott, M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. Link is right there in the description. And uh, for the merchandise, you'll get 15% off when you type in the code BATTLELINE at checkout. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and this podcast, the BATTLELINE Podcast. We can't thank them enough. And I, I got one thing, because you've sure. been asking. I don't think we ever put that out there. If we did, I don't remember. Guys, and Fort Scott, it's all lead free. Their ammo is lead free, which is huge. I did not. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't yeah, know that. We've never put that out. I don't think we have. If we have, uh, but that, that's and that's that's hugely important now. It is. Uh, Rangers, a lot of ranges now are not allowing lead, lead or full jacketed rounds to go on the ranges. They want lead free because of you know contamination. So, Fort Scott Munitions is lead free. I just want to put that out there. So, because I've got some questions, some askings people have asked through the KPI website. So, here you go, guys. Yes, it is lead free ammo. There you go. That's, that's good to know. So, yeah, once again, check them out, fortscottmunitions.com. And now back to Mad Max Howard Mullen. It's amazing. So, it's amazing it, that there's still organizations like that who are able to organize yeah. these things. What, what were we saying, Chris? No, I, after, brother, and I, I know I'm getting into it because I love the lineage, dude. After that, the training ramped up. Is that is that when you pushed over to second bat? Or did you go to th- or did you go up to stand up third bat when, okay. when that opened up? So how'd that all? It's, it's crazy. So I left first bat because you got to remember back in that time, you know, we didn't have the regimental system. Yeah, there's no so, there's no headquarters. There's no 75th headquarters. It was and, just and, first, yep. and, and so the you remember the, the it gets the pyramids get smaller as you get ranked. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, you, you run around trying to hide, you know, um, you know, trying to hide in an S shop and stuff like that. So eventually, <laughs> you had Abrams Charter where you put to go out there and, you know, share your experiences with the regular army. So that's why you see that the, um, like a lot of like the 10th mountain and stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of their SOPs and stuff, the way they wear the equipment that is from the Abrams charter from the Ranger regiment, from the Rangers to go out there and, and spread the wealth. So gotcha. I go back to Korea, right? I went straight okay. back to Korea. And so, um, good thing about Korea, I served on a DMZ at Gorpo okay. Olet did, did combat patrol than a DMZ. I looked across the DMZ and in North Korea. We heard them telling that night we did combat patrols. And so I had a chance to be part of that history also. Wow. It had, I had a sniper section and, and um, we, 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 we uh, did patrols up there. I was on Garpos, Olet and Garpos Collier. And you can see North Korea right there. Yeah, I see them every day. And so from there, I uh, came down to order for second range of battalion. I was an Alpha Company 175. So this time I went to B Company 275. Yeah, my company. That's, yeah, yeah, Bico, yeah. Old Bico. Yep. In the old quad area, right? Yeah, wow. So um, the, the thing about Bravo Company is that is when I participated in Operation Urgent Fury. Okay. All yeah. right. And that and for those of you that don't, guys, that was the Grenada, Grenada thing. When, and that was actually, actually, I know, even with all the chaos, it was a success, at least on the Ranger side of the house. I know the SEALs lost lost some guys in the, in the ocean, just getting dry. And I, Hey man, that was crazy. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. They got dropped in heavy seas. I think it was too far out. Yeah. It, it, and you, you participated in urgent. Tell us, dude, I want to hear stories guys. If you got anything from there, throw it on. Oh, we, we got time. Oh, uh, what was crazy about urgent fury. Um, and <clears throat> like and the second bat now it was different. Like first and second bat is different. 
um, you know, serving like Ken Bachman. Okay. Um, he was in first bat, and he came to second bat too. Ken Bachman, right? And Ken Bachman, was in, he was inducted to the Ranger Hall of Fame, and he was my jump. You master. have so many guys yeah. that you're associated with. I just <laughs> have to throw it out there. It's like six guys already that you got. To... I got to recognize my brother. So he was our jump master awesome. on my bird going into Grenada. But the thing oh, about no Grenada, shit. Wow. yeah, he's the jump master. So wow. the thing about Grenada is that at that time uh, we were doing a 12 mile road march every Saturday because the ra- anything yeah. happened, Rangers get blamed for it. So somebody let a star cluster off at ACDC concert at Troma Dome. They got burning the ceiling. So Rangers got blamed for it. So here we are. Okay. I'm out there getting ready to wash my car. All right. We're alerted. I said, God damn. You're alerted. You got alerted. We got alerted, right? So I'm going there sticking around. I said, damn. And so we got dressed and we had a formation. I said, what the hell is going on? Nobody knew what's going on. And so they said, all right, go in there and start banning your lockers up. Oh, wow. Banning your lockers Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're banning locker. I said, this got to be Idri. Uh, Idri is emergency readiness deployment where you alert it, you go, you load up, you go through the NR sequence, you know, then you jump, do your mission, you come back, right? Idri, you train him exercise. It's a training. Yeah, it's a training. It's like, okay, we got to go through all this shit to yeah. come, did to, to come back home. All right, let's go do it. But yeah, so you, you thought it was an Idri. You yeah, thought it was, it was an Idri, think right? Okay, so okay. I'm going yeah. by, I'm, I'm going by the, the, the H station, right? And I see these guys hustling. I said, um, I saw Dr. Julio. Dr. Julio received a silver star on Grenada. Oh, so I'm seeing, seeing Dr. Julio. I said, what's going on, Doc? He said, dude, we're going to war. I said, what? Hell no, we ain't going to no damn war. <laughs> Bro, we going to war. I said, what? Man, we're drawing morphine. I said, oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we draw morphine. I said, it's still an Idris. It's still an Idris. So we banned the lockers and, you know, put the Dear John thing on there. If anything happened to me, you know, blah, blah, on the lockers. So we have a formation with all our baggage and stuff. All of a sudden, 18 silver stars showed up, and the whole battalion loads up. We still don't know what the hell is going on. Wow. We we went over to McCord, jumped on the C-141s, and we flew all the way straight to Hunter, and we landed at Sabre Hall. Wow. As soon as that, as soon as that ramp dropped, we said, dude, we're going to flipping war. Wow. Because the ramp dropped, we see AC-130s, C-130s, pallets, all this activity going on. I mean, it's it, you say, yeah, something happened. This ain't no damn Idri. I think and people need that's it's that, that's crazy because and you're seeing all that and what that's why I, I think it's so important and when you do, you do your talks to and leadership talks it's it's the you got to handle the fuck fuck games you got to handle yeah. your mind right because you're you're doing through all this and I don't think how people your mind starts to race because this is serious you don't know what's going on nobody's telling you but you have to be able to control your emotions because you don't know you, and it could be you the don't. worst thing in the world and, and your brain's just going crazy i think that's why it's so why the hazing and the and the indox are so important very important and, and they but they help you in the business side too once you get it but we, we'll talk about that on another episode but why rangers make such good business leaders too it's because yeah okay i don't know what's going on we'll, we'll figure it out let's just keep driving forward and that's what you're doing you're moving forward you're just continuing moving forward i don't know i'm not going to panic I'm yeah. getting amped up. I'm a little fucking. Yeah, a little you're, nervous. you're nervous, but you're gonna you're gonna move forward. You're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. That's what we've been training yeah. for. Yep. And so um, then they said, "Hey, um, yeah, we're they they gave us a mission." And so I remember I come to commander. I, I helped make the terrain model. I say, you know, Max helped make the terrain model. So make the terrain model, and it was an island of Grenada. And so then um, I said, "We got any maps? Uh, nope, no maps." <laughs> No maps. And so they handed out these tourist maps. Yeah, I heard that. I remember they, the stories they, they, on that. They wow. handed out these tourist maps, right? So we made a terrain model based off the tourist maps. And then they said, okay, um, they gave our mission. So our mission was to airland 
right? Maryland, mm-hmm. and our company was a road march over to the Cavalini Barracks. One of the Spanish-speaking rangers told us, okay, stay in the barracks, you're here, you know, you're going to yep. be evacuated through the Red Cross. And so that was the original mission, right? So first bet, we didn't see those guys. They're, they're planning someplace else. So then they said, okay, uh, our whole battalion isn't going. And so they, they handpicked who was going to go. So we didn't jump with our full contingent. First bet jumped with their whole battalion. We didn't. We jumped with like an ad hoc. So we had to, you know, we piecemealed it. And uh, I carried M203. I said, okay, there's an ammo. Take what you want because you don't know how long you're going to be there. And, you know, <laughs> back then, each each um, each um position had SOP for this, this the ammo for riflemen, this the ammo for yeah. grenadier. But it's like, two, take what you want, big mistake. Yeah. All right. So we grabbed all this stuff. They, oh, yeah, Harry, here's some. Um, Here's some ammo for the, the, the 60. What? I got to carry this too. Yeah, here you go. Oh, yeah, here's some mortar rounds too. They got, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't forget your law. So, so how, how heavy was your, when it all said done, how heavy do you think your ruck was when, uh, when you I finally got everything? Probably around 95 to 100 pounds easy. And, and easy you, ju- you jumped in, right? Did you jump in or you were landed in? Uh, you jumped we, in. We jumped you? in. And so what happened wow. is that we started loading up and our rucks were so heavy. <laughs> yeah. We had to buddy, buddy, you know, buddy lift each other up. And I said, wow, yep. I'm going to jump this damn thing. <laughs> and what's crazy about it, Chris, that's the first time we ever issued MREs. They, oh, they gave us MRE. So what the hell is this? Oh, these are the new mills. So after we got back from Grenada, never saw another sea rat. But they yeah. gave us our MREs. First, gen- <laughs> I still got my first generation MRE from Grenada. And so we what? load up on a plane. Okay. And uh, we load up on a C-130. The, the aircraft was going. It was it was dark, and uh, we had I think we had two jeeps on ours, a couple of bikes, sure. and they just packed on there. And I saw a pallet of parachutes to the front, you know, uh, to the, towards the front uh, of the aircraft. And so we packed on there. I think it was almost like a six, seven hour flight. Oh, man. Uh, we started you, flying. And you had, and to, you had to you had to shoot up. You had the aircraft shoot up. It, oh, gets, that, it gets that's, interesting. That it gets sucks. Interesting. <laughs> and, and so we're flying, right? So, um, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're trying to get sleep. And all of a sudden, you, you had your two signal guys to the front. And one guy said, oh, damn, man. First pass is taking heavy in aircraft fire. And we said, What? <laughs> And he said, yeah, they take a heavy aircraft fire. Uh, we're, we're jumping in. And so they started passing around the parachutes, right? Which jump option, go to the jump option. And so we're getting these parachutes. And he said, where the, where the reserves at? There's no reserves. There's no reserves. You're jumping low. You're, you're yeah. not, not going to be up in the air long enough to pull a reserve, man. And so they showed you what's crazy. Like uh, Ken Bachman and I, we served in first bat. And in the first bat, we jumped weapons exposed. Second okay. bat jump weapons in M1950 containers. Yeah, in the container. We didn't have no M1950, so we had to show the guys how to rig the M16s weapons for we- jump weapons exposed. Wow. We had no reserves, and every jump master procedure went out the door. And now, t- now tell me, and just so it's clear, you're going into a combat zone. You don't have any lights on in the plane. You're doing everything in the dark or red light. Is that correct? Every, they everything's didn't, red light. Everything's in there in like a red light. So you're basically trying to do this all in the dark. You're all trying to tell yeah, yeah, it's chaos, man. That's and, okay. and so then no more than around 30 minutes later, we're all rigged up and said, Oh no, no, we're gonna we're gonna we're going to um airland. So we de-rigged. Right. <laughs> then about That's 20 minutes later, oh no, we're gonna jump back in. So we re-rigged. All this went on, yeah. We rig rigged, and so then the doors will open, and um, they said, "Look, we're only going to make one pass. If we don't make it out. We're going to land in Barbados." And so um, <laughs> we were standing for something like fifteen minutes. The doors are open. You know, green light was on. 
the door open and it said, soon as you see the um, light tower, it's a go. And only thing you had in your mind, I just want to get the hell off this plane. You're yeah, I bet, you're, I bet your back was was screaming, man. And just so everybody, did you have the did you have the 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 straps on? Well, or your balls just getting crushed at this point? Because I just remember trying to trying to rig on a plane. Every time I tried to rig on an aircraft, my ball I could never get the straps right. My balls were always crushed on those fucking things. Brother, I couldn't yeah. say it no better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, keep going, keep going. This is awesome. And, and so. Um, <laughs> I think it was number four, man. I said, I just want to get out this aircraft. I'm sweating, about to throw up. And um, I'm looking out this little porthole. And I said, damn, we're kind of low. <laughs> and so <laughs> I said, we're going in there 500 feet. Wow. And and um, so I'm looking. And all I remember is, is a certain bump said, go. And you didn't jump out. You just flopped out. You, you know? flopped, yeah. You just yeah. flopped out. I had twists all at my risers. And I looked down. It looked like I was jumping off the top of my car. Yeah, because I mean, how long would it take you? Four seconds to get well, down, if that? It, it's probably around 10 seconds. And I released my rucksack. <laughs> it didn't even get to the end of my Lauren line. It just hit the runway, exploded. I mean, it's going all over. We jumped in a 20 knot wind, right? I've got twist. Oh, I wow. got the twist out. I see the other jumpers going out. I see I see green precious arcing over the C 130 from yeah, Go Hill. Wow. And I see the uh, the runway coming up. I said, "Man, this is going to hurt." <laughs> Chris, I hit that runway so hard, man. It's like oh, man. I saw. I said, "Anybody get the license plate of that truck?" Oh, yeah. Term injuries from from all these years of jumping. You, you got. You remember you got the drillings going right, and um, so you don't feel it. I hit the runway hard. I mean, really hard. And uh, I was getting dragged a little bit. I released my riser, and um, y- y- it was chaos. But it's daylight. It's supposed to be a night jump, but it's daylight. I said, "Yeah, oh, wow. it's combat." So we pulled our, yeah, I pulled my chute off the um, off the runway, and um, it was surreal. It was surreal. Wow. Well, now, Max, I was just waiting if go, I could just ahead. jump in there because I don't know if you, you heard <laughs> me, but I, I was wondering any long term injuries from like all these years of jumping out of planes. Brother, catches up with you as you get older. <laughs> I, I would assume. I mean, is Am there I lying, anything in particular? No, I, no, not lying, not lying. I, but yeah, yeah, brother. And you know, usually because when I see you, and I, you know, I saw you last time we had the shot show was that two, three years ago. You still are moving around. Well, you're still yo, dude. You're still jacked. Yeah, oh, you're still oh, yeah. But do you, we, we've never talked about injuries. Yeah, tell. I, I wouldn't want to. Is there anything that you're you're fighting any chronic fighting? I know. I I my back, my lower back. My okay. knees are actually great. My knees are great, but I, you know, I only weigh 160 pounds, so I don't have a lot of weight, and I still run a lot. But my lower back is always, and I, and every ranger shrinks. I was, oh, yeah. I was no shit. I was five ten when I joined. I'm five eight and three quarters now. We all shrink, but yeah. Do you have anything back knees? I uh, can't ever tell though because you weigh, you hold yourself. You don't look like you. You do. You 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 still extremely strong. Like you still rock twelve miles. Low back. You know, low back. back, and uh, that's from all the hand-to-hand demos and stuff from the yeah. And um, <laughs> so the low back, but you know, thank God, no other serious injuries. Just you know, I still have problems. Low back flares up every now and then. And then, now you guys got in, and you know, urgent fury. I do want to go in a little bit more. You okay. and we could we could have a show on that because that's that's amazing. When you hit, I know you guys cleared the airfield, and and um, really, you in your mind, you're getting shot at. People don't realize you have no cover out there. There's nowhere to cover. So you have a choice. You either stay down and you hide and you go into the fetal position or you fight your way off. You keep moving forward. So 
what was that like just trying to regroup everybody it, to, it, to take the fight to take the fight to the bad guys and get the stop them from shooting at you uh, this was a 10,000 foot runway right and so a lot of the action was going on down on the east end right where first okay. bat was at they were they were something gold hill because that's where the, a lot of the anti-aircraft from the zsu twos were coming okay. from right gold hill okay. ac-130 was just hammering the hell out of that hill and so oh, wow. our assembly area was down there where first bat that then all of a sudden they said no we got it so we had to reverse and so okay. uh, we, we started assembling and uh we got everybody assembled and all of a sudden, we started seeing these these Cubans running down the hill, right? And so we captured all these Cubans, and uh, I captured around three Grenadians. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah, you know, three Grenadians. You know, they look they talk like Jamaicans, right? And we flex cuffed these guys, and one of them said, "Brother man," I said, "What's up, <laughs> brother man? How can you let the white man blow your mind like this, man?" <laughs> I said, "What?" He said, Dude, "Man, these things are hooked in my arms, man. Please help me, brother." I said, I can't help you, man. He said, brother, man, please help man. I said, I can't help you, man. So I went through his pockets. He was a warrant officer. You know, uh, he had a, a, a Russian watch, you know, went into my pocket. You know, so. <laughs> and so we fixed these guys. And so then we had something like over 100 Cubans because every time that C-130 make it, they start, they were scared. Oh, yeah. And so our squad had 100 Cubans. And all of a sudden, we see the International Peacekeeping Force got running down a hill. The Cubans were scared. We think it's going to be like a gunfight with OK Corral. And Colonel Hensley said, no, 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 those are good guys. They're our guys, right? And so they circle us. And these are brothers from Barbados, right? And um, I say, let's, let's get I said, hey, God, here's the Cuban prisoners. You know, we're giving them waters. And that brother looked at me and said, brother, man, they don't get no damn water. <laughs> I said, okay. So, were those, so was that, the international keep, was that the UN or was it a, t- a different contingent of just, because international peacekeeping forces don't do shit. Yeah, it, was, it was a contingent of the islands because they wanted to be on it. Like Barbados, I think, okay. um, Tobago, okay. um, it, uh, Dominican Republic, they had though that you know to come down to the island, right? They led a they led a uh, mission force, and so we 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 held we we um, secured the airfield. C one thirty C one forty one started landing. Then they started offloading the DAPs that with yeah. the, uh, the Black Hawks with the rockets They're, on it. And the Little co- Birds, direct action penetrators is what the DAPs stand for. They're Black Hawks that are badass. They got they got every gun imaginable on those things. So those things are incredible. Wow. All right, all right, yeah. I, I just want to give the people a, uh, an idea of what we're looking at. We're, we call it DAPS. It's a it's a UH sixty, a Black Hawk that's on steroids, is what that thing is. It's freaking incredible. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. So, th- so then the, they they started assembling the little birds and the, and the DAPS, and they they took off right. And I think that's when they were going to uh, Fort Richards, uh, Richmond okay. Prison. They were going to Richmond Prison, right? And I remember waving at the guys. I think they used some of the guys from uh, First Bat and the Delta guys, and those guys took off, and we didn't see them again. Didn't didn't one of them get shot down? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, they got yeah, um, they got one of them got shot down, right? Yep. And um, they, they it was a lot, was a lot of casualties. You know, it was you know yeah. some pe- good people got killed. Right? Yeah, some people died on that one. Yeah, and and so then um, I remember I was watching a, a cobra, right? It was straight from behind a hill. I was laying on my rucksack, and I saw a cobra. And I said, man, that guy is going to get hit. And so I remember the Cobra went down for a gun run. It disappeared. Then you see a plum of smoke. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, two weeks later, I saw the picture that was that Cobra, Marine Cobra that got shot down in the pilot. Right. And so that was day one. 
All that happened on day one. <laughs> and, and then uh, we had the mission to rescue the students from Grand Arnest, no, it was um, Grand Arnest Campus. Hold okay. up. No, it was uh, True, Blue was it True, True Blue Campus. Was it yeah. True Blue? True yeah, Blue. True yeah. Blue and was another campus. Um, Grand Arnest, Grand Arnest. So we, we had the mission of the Grand Arnest. And so everything was done by Fraggle, Chris. And so they brought in some, some Marine MH-53s, right? Okay. And so we loaded up on there. We got we got a quick Fraggle. We're going to go in there. You know, these students, we got a phone call. And we didn't even know these students were there. And so we take off, right? And so I'm on on the uh, MH-53. I'm on the, the gunner started offloading, right? 50 cal. Wow. I don't know what the hell he was shooting at. And what he was shooting at, he was shooting at the, I think, with the North Korean embassy. They were receiving <laughs> fire from them, all right? Holy shit. Uh, so we go in, <laughs> right? We go in, and Grand Arnest Campus sit right there on the beach. And and so the the, um, the aircraft started hovering. And so the load master said, all right, go, 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 go. So we're getting up, and so I'm going towards the end, and I'm seeing my Ranger buddies hesitate. Right, and I seen the load master push the guys off. I said, "What the hell is going on?" So I get to the edge of the ramp, and I look down. And I see everybody floundering in the water. Right, oh. so I got oh. pushed in, and my rucksack took me under. And if I would have laid on my back, I would have to leave my rucksack. Wow. And the water was almost up with my neck, so we had to like jump, bob, jump, bob till we hit the surface. So we yeah. ran out, did a perimeter, and they were getting the students out. You know, um, we collapsed, got back on. Eighty second Airborne got all the glory. <laughs> uh, students and so then i saw one of the mh53 that was got that crashed because the rotor blades hit one of the trees and crashed so uh -huh. we left go back but we left some rangers okay and so the rangers they got inside the aircraft you know got a, a raft they rode out to the uss america and they linked up with us the next day oh, i didn't know that uh, they uh, how how the hell did they get left what what happened man i didn't uh, know they get I, didn't, I had no idea that happened they, I, I think they were like on the far side security and um, they didn't hear, you know, the, the call to start collapsing, you know, to, um, to get on board the aircraft. Well, damn, where, where's the platoon sergeant over that was? Sorry, platoon sergeant. I know it's chaos, but God dang, that's your job, man. You don't leave, leave, never leave a fallen comrade, man. What happened? I, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that was yeah I, didn't, I didn't know that. And those, but they still, that's the, that's the, that's the awesome thing about the ingenuity and, 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 you know, Rangers in particular, but all their other special ops units too. You, you just find a way. And they just found a raft and they rode out to the ship. I mean, they paddled their way out to the damn ship. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty freaking amazing. And, and so we did that. And so on the, the, and so we jump in on a Monday. And so this is Friday. And so we're downloading 82nd finally come in, you know, they're pushing out. And yeah. so we're getting ready to go home. We're downloading all our ammo and everything. And I'll never forget this first sergeant, uh, first sergeant Barnes coming up and said, man, grab your grenades. We got a mission. And, you, you just get this 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 punch in your gut, like damn. We thought it was over with, and so we just started loading back ammo up. And so then the battalion commander came over, and said, "Look, we're going into Cavalini Barracks." He said, "There's some grenades holding out, and we're going to you know take those guys out." And, um, and so we started asking questions. We're going to have any air support? Yeah, we're going to have them. Um, A7 is going to pound it. We got 82nd Airborne 105 is going to hit it, you know. And so um, yeah. we got AC-130 support, and um, we're going to go in. So we used 82nd Airborne um, Hueys. I mean, I used, but the Blackhawks, they're transporters. Um, so eight eight landed, right? Yep. Five came back. I was supposed to be on the first lift, got bumped to the second lift. So they took off. 
Eight, and so what happened before they took off, uh, 82nd was lighting up that objective with the um, 105s. Mm-hmm. And then the A7, you can see them. You can see them dropping the bombs, right? Yep. And we're saying ain't nothing going to live through that. And then AC-130, he 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 taxied, and I remember he, he turned in front of us, right? This was the second lift. And the pilot popped the hatch, and he raved the flag, and we said, hell yeah. We started getting motivated. And I remember he took that AC-130, that whole 10,000-foot runway to take off because wow. it was loaded with ammo, yeah. full fuel. Okay. And it started lighting up Cavallini Barracks. And so the five aircraft came back. We started counting. Where did the other three go? Where, where are the other three? So we had to crossload again. And so I remember running to the aircraft. I asked the pilot, where are the other? And he said, get on, get on, get on. And I saw that look on his face. I said, oh, wow. So we took off over the Gulf. And we're, we're flying just, just, you know, low level, something out of apocalypse now, I swear. It was like you're, you're, now. you're not, you're, you're damn cliche. You're nap of the earth, man. Nap of the you're earth. <laughs> We're flying, hauling butt, and um, we didn't have no cargo seats in. Had an A7 cargo strap holding us in, and um, we're going towards that cliff, right? You see the flames, you know, you see the smoke, and we're trying to get motivated. Let's kick some butt, Rangers! (laughs) (laughs) And I remember we popped up over that cliff, and they started flaring in, and I saw those three Blackhawks down. I said, oh, damn. What what because I don't remember what what took those things down, man. What tell me? I I I will be honest. I can't remember how those things went down. It, it uh, from what this is what I got right. Um, they 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 came in and uh, they started receiving fire from the hill, and I okay. believe the the first pilot was hit. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. Right, he, he was hit, so they landed, and when the first aircraft did a control crash landing, the wheels started out. The, right. And so he 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 shorted it, and the other two, they they missed their spots in because right. is that missed right? The they crashed into each other. It was like a domino effect. That's like a domino it, effect. So I think the okay. second aircraft, the the wheel, right? The wheel hit one of those culverts. Yeah, and collapsed okay. to the side a little bit, and so the rotor blade started hitting. Yeah, and then the other one kind of did a control crash. So you had yeah. three birds down, and so then wow. the guy that were coming That's off right. one of the Blackhawks was getting lit up by the rotor blade. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah if they would have stayed on, they would have lived. And so oh. when we saw that, it was a it was a Russian obstacle course. So we landed outside a Russian obstacle course. As soon as we hit, we jettisoned our rucksacks, and we started going through, go, moving to the sounds of the guns. And uh, it was, was utter chaos. And yeah. um, so we pushed out before the perimeter, and um, we, we stayed there all night. We had AC-130 gunship support all night. And my battle buddy in my position was John C. Macionis, Delta Force legend. Okay. Wow. Yeah, we 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 had the same battle position. So the next day, um, we got up and uh, we went there. Um, they took those wow. three aircraft. They just dumped them in the Caribbean. They they stripped them of the avionics, dumped them in the Caribbean. And so we went there on objective, and I'm walking around on this objective, right, going through the barracks. And I remember seeing this um, Grenadian's um, Footlocker open it up. You see pictures and. I said, man, these guys just just like us. You see these guys with their girlfriends on the beach having fun, you know, with the beer drinking and you know, mean mugging, making faces. And, you know, it, it gives a face of the enemy. These are just these young kids like us. Which is yeah, they they just wars only start when both people think they're right. Now, whether one's usually but you still fight for your side that you're on and you're going in, you're going in, and you're gonna fight for the guy next to you. So yeah. you mean to tell me you you didn't just leave the you guys just didn't leave the Blackhawks there for the enemy to grab and use later. I'm no. kidding, dude. That was I was a hit for what's going on right now. I, didn't, I hear I, you, brother. That's my one political statement that I'm. I'm not gonna say anything else. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, no, but I remember. Yeah, because I remember 
reading about Grenada. And if you don't know about Urgent Fury, it, it made it sound like it was an in and out easy mission. But there was a lot of there was there was deaths and there was oh, a yeah. lot of a lot of aircraft that went down. So, you know, Ian, help me out with time, dude. I know we're, we're going over. But I, I, I it, it all, <clears throat> as long as Max could stay, man, it's up to you. I'm, I'm not in any rush. Yeah, I, well, I, I want to get into a little bit because uh, before because you got there for if tell us a little bit more and then I want to we'll skip over but I want to want to get into your what made you become an RI and, and your ranger okay. your ranger school time too as well man okay so then I left I left second bat okay and so then I went to 101st right in front of 101st I was there for around 6 months and then I got ordered to become a ranger instructor so okay. I, I, I get to Ben, and at this time, you still had the committee groups. You still were third ranger company, and I became a ranger instructor, right? I was on okay. Morgan team, and the Morgan okay. team was the elite stormtroopers. Of the You're the dicks. You're the assholes. Let's just yes. put it simply. You're the sons of bitches that we all hated. You're the mean guys. You guys are so – okay, got, got you. But you fit there. You fit there, dude. <laughs> I, I, I'm it. I'll be scared. If I saw you coming in through a, the dark barracks, man – the size you're at, your mean ass face, because you got a grouchy face, dude. You got it. You can. <laughs> I'd be scared shitless too. So no, you're, it fits you. But yeah, that's awesome. No, no uh, yeah, keep going, man. Uh, uh, yeah. And keep, so keep, that that's where on. the 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 Mad Max was born. Yeah. And right. and so the the thing with the Morgan team, we did all the physical stuff, right? We did all the PT, we did the land nav, we did the Derby Queen, and so we had to be in shape. You didn't see any fat range instructors, so you basically got picked to be on the Morgan team. You had to be like a physical specimen. And um, because those are the first ones the range students see. And so that yeah. first impression is the last impression. And um, at that time, um, we had, you know, you had a lot of, it was open to all MOSs, right? Mostly had officers come through. And we had Navy SEALs come through. We had foreign forces come through. I could tell you some crazy stories about that. And, but we were the epitome of professional as range instructors. And so our main job was to call the herd. And if you made it through Morgan team that first week, right, you were meant to be a ranger. And they said, why you got this so hard? I'm going to say, because you, we show up with some like 300 people on day one and say, there's no way you can go out there to Derby with 300, 300 ranger students. So the yeah. squad would be 20 man rangers, 20 man squads. And that's, it's, it's no way. So you had to, you had to make it to a reduced, you had to call the herd and make sure that those guys really want because if you really want to be a rain instructor, you will make it through there. And so, go ahead, go ahead. No, keep going, keep going. I'm going to ask you something. Go ahead. Yeah, so we uh, we 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 smoke range. We didn't cut no slack. We didn't cut no slack. None. We were merciless. What? Since you since you touched on it, uh, I want to know. Give me a story on the foreign service guy that came through. Do you have a Do you have a Do you have a good story? Do you have a good story? <laughs> Oh, I got plenty of good stories, but one, yeah, get, get, okay, give me give me a good one. Give me a good I'm, I'm give service story. Two quick ones, right? Oh, okay. One was Ranger Muhammad, right? He was from, he was from Nigeria. He was Nigerian. Shit, right? Are you yeah. shitting me? Are you making this up? No, it, I'm not. His name was Ranger Muhammad. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. His name okay. was Ranger Muhammad. Muhammad Mastif, I think that was his name. I still got to speak okay. to him and his wife. And he was Nigerian, boot black, darker than me. <laughs> and um, he, he, he came through. Yeah, I, I can say that, right? Hey, you can. You got I can get away it. with it. You can't, but I can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are, um, Ranger Muhammad, right? And I had a, you know, you got to have this 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 sense on ranges, right? And I can look mm -hmm. at a ranger. Yeah, he's gonna make it. Not gonna make it. But Ranger Muhammad, um, he came he came to the cadre barracks. And he had the, you know the traditional you know um, 
Nigerian, the long robe with the, the hat and stuff. He knocked on my door and I said, Ranger Muhammad, what the hell are you doing in the cadre bed? Just Sergeant Mullen. Um, I'm getting dropped from the course. I said, for what? Um, I, I'm, I could not pass the M60 machine gun. He said, Sergeant Mullen, we don't use, we don't use M60 machine guns. We use British weapons. He said, I was trained by the British SAS. I am the president of Nigeria, personal bodyguard. I can't go back. I'm the first one to go to the ranger school since he graduated back in 1968. The whole country was dependent on me, Sergeant Mullen. I said, oh, yeah, that is pretty serious. He said, so we don't, use, <laughs> we don't use these weapons, Sergeant Mullen. I said, okay, let me see what I can do, Ranger, Ranger Muhammad. So I go to the attack. I said, hey, sir, um, when we put Ranger Muhammad back in? You know, hell no, sir, he didn't meet the standard. I said, but, sir, um, he is the Nigerian president, personal bodyguard, and he was trained by the British SES. And I said, he was the first one to come have a Ranger school slot since the president went through. And number one, I said, if you were to go through their equivalent, like their little commando course, and they throw you M240G, would you know what to do? He said, uh, yeah, you got a point. But I said, I'll put him back in, Mullen, but it's on you. I said, yeah, I fall on that blade. I fall on that sword. So I told Ranger Muhammad, hey, grab your bags, get back in, you're back in the course. Ranger Muhammad graduates the course. Two weeks later, I get a phone call to my, um, to, to my apartment. And I said, who is this? Is this Ranger Muhammad? I said, what the hell? How the hell you get my number? He said, Sergeant Muller, we have security forces too. I said, okay, how are you doing? And so you hear this party going in the background, right? And he said, um, Sergeant Muller, I want you to meet the, the chief of staff of the Nigerian Army. I said, put him on. I spoke to the chief of staff. Oh, Sergeant Muller, Ranger Muhammad told us all about you. You got to come to Nigeria. The president wants to meet you. I said, hey, I can't do that. I can't hop on a plane and go. Said, you got to go through the embassy. That's diplomatic. I can't hop on a plane and just go, go to Nigeria. <laughs> oh, you got to come. I said, ah, I, I, I can't fly. fly. You, you make it work, I do it. And so uh, Muhammad would call me up and was so thankful and everything. The president wanted to thank you. I said, no, you did it, Muhammad. You know, you, you, you did all the legwork, you know. Did, so, did, uh, did, did you uh, – see, it says I, you're, everybody knows now that you're a teddy bear, so now you're never going to be able to be mean to anybody <laughs> again because they're going to know it's a show. So we just outed you there. First thing on Battle Line Podcast, <laughs> Hugh Max Mad Max Mullen has been outed. He's actually a teddy bear. But so did he just – did you guys allow him to cross-train to get the Ranger stakes done again on that M60? You just Or you just say, hey, here's the no, book. We, you we, figure it out and you, we, next we, time you do it. We, we we train him again, you know, make sure that he was proficient. Yeah. But uh, Ranger Muhammad earned it. He didn't. He didn't get a pay. He really earned it, right? We no, just, I, I no, I, yeah. I don't doubt it, man. You guys, the, the, nobody got through Ranger School, especially at that time, by just no by being somebody important. No, it, it didn't work out that way. I, I I seriously doubt. Yeah, you guys gave him any shorts. So, uh, but but you, you're right. I mean, you use common sense. That was one. How you just common sense? Hey. And, and the second one was uh, we were doing the combat water survival test, and we had this Korean rock ranger student. Okay. His name was Captain Kim. And, you know, the last station where you do the, you know, you jump yep. in, you ditch yep. your equipment, you come D- back. Ditch your equipment, come back up. Yep. Right, without without breaking the surface, right. But he kept doing to the language barrier. He kept coming back up, right. And so, yep, you're no go. And I looked at him and I said, uh, and I, you know, I spoke a little Korean. I spoke to him. Right. Oh, wow. And um, and I told the, the sergeant, hey, well, put him back in. Pass. Hey, hell no, Max. He didn't pass the course. I said, dude, this guy is a rock special forces halo instructor. 
Rock Special Forces scuba instructor. Yeah. He'll swim circles around you and me. He's the damn Aquaman. Put him back in the damn course. <laughs> Put him back in. Right? So he graduates. He comes to my room, knocks on the door, and I said, Ranger Cream, what the hell are you doing in the Cadre Barracks? He had his Rock Special Forces bury on, and he said, Sergeant Mullen, I want to thank you. I said, no, Kim, you did it all your own. He said, I want to present you this. So he gave me this towel with all the Rock Special Forces um, pocket patches on it, and he gave me his beret. So I gave him my Ranger, my, my Ranger T-shirt, and I gave That's him my cool. beret. He eventually became the Rock, Rock Special Forces um, the Rock Special Forces chief of, spa- chief of Staff of the South Korean Special Forces, Ranger Kim. Wow, that's, wow, that's amazing. That is. I, I, I want to get into some post-military stuff, but this actually will lead into it a little bit. I mean, these two stories that you told were a Korean guy, as you said, and then a Muslim guy. And, and an interesting thing is, just from my work with interviewing so many guys who served as Rangers, it is predominantly white dudes. It's just the kind of a fact of the matter. I do know there's Latino guys in special uh, operations who you served with Chris and, you know, but that's predominantly what it is. Did you have a certain affinity towards that being one of the few black guys who, who has gone through Ranger school and is an army Ranger? I'm going to sit like this. Uh, I I served, you know, I was, I was very fortunate to serve in all three Ranger battalions and a Ranger regiment. Mm. And as a ranger instructor from two eras, you know, Morgan team, a plank holder when it became the fourth ranger training battalion. And all my experience in a ranger as a ranger and a ranger instructor, people said, Max, you ever face racism in a regiment? I said, yeah, I faced it. I said, it's like this, though. You know, the, the regiment, special operations, special forces as a whole, it's not racist. I said, yeah, you're going to have those one or two boneheads. But yeah. you deal with those guys on an individual basis. You know, you, you mark who your enemy is and you... you you know, you, you, you know who they are. And so I never played the victim. Never how they did this. Now. I never played the victim. I said, if it was so racist, I wouldn't be in the Ranger Hall of Fame. I wouldn't be in a distinguished member of the Ranger Training Brigade. None of these things would have happened. I said, I treat every Ranger as I wanted to be treated. And I said, you know what? Some of those Rangers that did me wrong, they come up to me to this day. You know, a few of them did. And they said, Max, I am so sorry how I treated you. You know what I tell them? I said, bro, that's the past, man. We were young. You know, that that's then. This is now. You know, let's you're my ranger brother. Yeah. Let's drive on to the future. And that's the is that you you you'll have individual guys coming from different bad Yeah, bad, of course. Bad, but I think what people get when when they say it was a racism as far as making rank. I, no. If no, you were no, if you were not. if you were fucking if you were good. And you met the standard, you exceeded the standard, and you were a good range. You're going to make rank. My, that, the, when I was in the second time I went in, Max, my the the senior the senior enlisted guy was Hugh Roberts was oh, yeah, Debo yeah. Was, yeah. was was and he, he, he he's black. Fame. Me and Hugh, and he's, we started and, second back together. Yeah, we company. He did, and he and he said he's he's I don't know. You're about the same shade of black. You're about oh, you're yeah. pretty close. You're real <laughs> dark. You're both, yeah. But but that was a guy I looked at like holy shit. I didn't see. Black Sergeant Major Roberts. I said I saw Debo like, don't fuck with this guy. This guy, because I was a private. I was like, dude, this is what I want to be, is right here. And and then you know, you're also on the Latino side with Leon Guerrero and, yeah, Leon. and yeah. so forth. And so he forth. So, me. Yeah, see, and that's that's another one where guys are on the on the Latino tons of Latinos. Yeah. But uh, but um yeah, you know, Ian has a good quote with that. And but that's the beauty of pointing it out is I think any unit or even any job at an individual level, there's going to be some form of discrimination, racism, so forth. And the beauty about Ranger Battalion, though, is if you just 
fuck that. Put that aside. Don't get into it. I'm just going to Ranger and continue to drive on and get better and better. You're going to be able to succeed and make rank and, and get promoted and so forth. And it doesn't make a difference if you're white, black, green, yellow. It doesn't matter. It, it matters. Yeah. So, so you know, you know yeah. what I'm wondering though? Do you think there's an issue of just the lineage of guys who are in, you know, who, who do have the same skin color, same background? Cause I'll give you an example here. Like we've never had him on the show. We probably should. Navy SEAL Frumentarius. He's another guy who goes by his call sign. I don't think he uses his real name, but um, I believe I could have this kind of wrong. I believe that not only is he a Navy SEAL, his son is going to, is a Navy SEAL. I think. I know his dad was a Navy SEAL, and I believe his grandfather, too. So it's almost like you see that here, even here in New York City with firefighters. It, it it tends to look like a certain demographic because this guy's his son's, dad his, was a New York City yeah. firefighter, and this guy's grandfather. And I wonder if there's an issue with reaching out to guys in minority communities. I mean, there are guys out there. I'm not saying there's not. Of course, there's Nick Irving and Jake's wig and Remy Adelaki and all different types of guys who have served who are, who are a minority, but by and large, you look at the special operations community and it is a lot of white guys. And I think that if they had a more diverse background and not doing out of uh, affirmative action type thing, keeping the same standards, but being able to reach out to guys like who maybe brother, don't know anything about the community. Yeah. You can't force a person to volunteer for something. Yeah. You can't force a person. Right, and, but you, do you think there's a lot of guys? What I'm wondering though is, do you think there's maybe black guys, Asian guys who don't even know anything about the Army Rangers? They haven't been exposed to it, maybe. Well, see here now, you know, uh, Chris can back me up on this. They know about it. You got YouTube. You got all. You know, it, it's it's That's out true. there. And one thing about the Rangers, and, and Chris can back me up on this. Yeah. I can get on the phone right now. If I'm stranded, get on Facebook. Yeah, I'm here. I need some help. A Ranger will be there for me. And, and that it makes no difference on the color or anything like that. I, I, I think getting it out there, to be honest with you, with you and on that sort of lineage thing, I think a lot of, if, if we broke it down into, into different ethnicities of services, I think a lot of those lineage, especially in the Latino community, they go to the Marine Corps. I mean, I, I really yeah, see do. that. I, I see that. And you'll see a lot more where I think the Marine Corps does a better job. And Max, you know, if you agree with you or not, as far as recruiting, not just Ranger recruiting, because Ranger does, they would do our own thing. But the Marine, the Marines do such a great job on recruiting. I think they reach the inner cities. I think they reach the different ethnicities better yes. than the Army ever could. Um, and as far as Rangers go, Rangers don't do their own recruiting videos. We're just part of the big, we're just part of Army Strong, right? Army. Um, so, 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 um, you know, with, with, with the Rangers itself, uh, is it not knowing? I don't think that's an excuse anymore. Maybe back in the day it was because it, it, it. Well, I, I the only reason I knew about the Rangers is because I read about it in a book. They, it wasn't Black Hawk Down. That wasn't out yet. None of that. But nowadays, I, I, I just I. They don't have an I excuse. Just, I don't and, think and see, so. the people got to look also that um, you had the five fifty fifth triple nickel, all black, but um, yeah. airborne battalion that served during World War Two, but they never fought. But they pioneered all the smoke jumper techniques. Yeah, that we yeah. see today. Then you had the second Ranger Company, the first and only all black Ranger Company that served during the Korean War. Yeah. And when yeah. they disbanded, a lot of them went to the 187 uh, Regiment of Combat Team and jumped into Moon Sani. And and so the you know the the the, the black American has been part of special operation. Even even one of the 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 first combat halo jump in the Vietnam was done by a black special forces man. I think Melvin Moore, um, I believe his name is. Well, and, and that's the thing is, too, is also when people have asked me about 13 hours and get just put this in there. 
you know, Boone is black. I don't know if people know that Boone is, but it made no difference to us. You know, I'm Mexican and Pablo's, you know, Pablo has a Mexican name, but Pablo Schreiber's whiter than whiter than anything. He's Canadian. He's whiter than white. He's, he's white as hell. But um, I, we didn't care because it didn't make a difference on the color. It, it, we didn't give a shit. The guy mm-hmm. that plays Boone in the movie, actually his personality, Dave Demon personality is spot on that's what i was looking for pablo's personality spot on it didn't make a difference on color uh, and i didn't give a shit back when we were in too i i don't know max i said max i go to war with max in a heartbeat i don't see i don't see a black ranger i see a fucking badass son of a bitch that, yeah hey we're going in the door dude but you're going first because you're bigger than me so you're going in the door first i'll come behind you i got your back oh, man. Man, i love you brother but but yeah, but i but it but it's 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 a it's 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 a good question it deserves explanation because yeah in the society today everything so can be so racist where there's not it may look that way uh, but it it's not at all. I never saw not, you, know, you never saw. No, it, but I understand how it could look that way because it's also yeah. like you look at the guest list of of who we have on, and, and of course we you know it's not like we say let's have a bunch of white guys on. <laughs> it ends up it ends up being that way just because at least in the public figure sphere that's what it's like. But um, I, I wanted to jump into something else, which kind of leads uh, into this from what we were saying. You were telling me this prior. You had three action figures made. Yeah, of, yeah. Which I know in a previous episode we yeah. said there were never any thirteen hours action figures when we talked about. Comic and are they anatomically cool. correct? Are anatomically they anatomically correct? correct. <laughs> Not a Ken doll, but an action figure. <laughs> yeah, no, I would never say a doll action figure. And but you were telling me you are the first uh, action figure of a Black American, not based off a fictional character, based off of a real life person. Yes. Yes. Um, how did that go, dude? How yeah, how did it go down? I mean, how I how did it all go, and how did it happen? And and yeah, how can everybody get one anatomically correct Hugh Mad Max action figure for their set uh, of action figures? Uh, that that was crazy. Well, um, I was involved with um, Milsim Airsoft, and that's a different story right there. Milsim Airsoft, right? Uh, I, I would go out as a, a VIP to these events, and so. Um, uh, the guys like to used to roll with me. Um, they had this this company called Shine Show Toys had these high end action figures they made like um, Avenger themed and so forth like that. But during that time, they're doing the Civil War theme, and so um, they re- they they were doing the one on the fifty fourth uh, Massachusetts Infantry Regiment, you know, Glory with Denzel Washington and stuff. And so they said, "Hey, Max, we like to use your likeness for our, our Civil War figure." I said, "Hell yeah, let's do it! Right? <laughs> do hell yeah!" <laughs> and so, you know, they took uh, send the pictures on my head and stuff like that. And then uh, a good friend of mine, John Luke, contacted me and said, uh, Mac, they want to do an action figure of you? I said, yeah. He said, um, don't do it. I said, dude, it's an action figure. He said, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I said, why? He said, number one is that, what are you getting out of it? Oh, I'm getting this. Up. He said, number one, if they were to use Denzel Washington, they would have to pay Sony Pictures, right? Then I had yep. to pay him for his likeness. I had to pay all these licenses and fees. What you getting out of it? Crickets, right? I said, he said, I'll take care of it. He said, okay, you take care of it. <clears throat> and so then um, he, this this other company wanted to do one of me. So it was a, a 1997, it was a 90s Ranger, right? Um, action figure. And it was a limited edition. I believe it was some like uh, 600 figures. And oh, wow. it just exploded. It exploded. And it was one of the... Um, top figures that was made because a lot of the companies back then like dragon 
a lot of their 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 African American type figures, you could tell, man, man, black folks don't look like that, you know. <laughs> you could tell us, you know, that's dude, who, we don't look like that. You it's know, like it, it's like what Robert Downey Jr. in Tropical Thunder, yeah, with, the, know, Tropic like, Thunder with the black. What the hell is this? I said, no, <laughs> no. And so when they did it, uh, I was kind of shocked. I was I was humbled that they approached me, and it just exploded, and um, it, it just took off from there. And it was one of the top action figures um, of uh, in Asia, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the top action figures in Asia and so forth. And so then they said, hey, uh, we want to do another one of you, right? And um, I said, isn't one enough? So they did a, a, a 90s uh, Mad Max action figure, right? And that was a limited edition, and it just exploded. Which is the one that had all the gear, the night vision, the helmet? I saw you. I saw that one. Actually, Shannon showed me the picture of that one. Yeah, uh, both, both of them have full kit, and the action kit, figures okay. now are just <clears throat> incredible detailed. Yeah. All the way down to, you can see the bullets in the magazines. It, it, high, high. These are high end, highly detailed, wow. and so those like so crazy, and they sold out. And um, I sell one on eBay for something like two hundred dollars. And um, so cool. And so then another company approached me. They they did the action figure. It was really good, but it's, it it was never really pushed out. But um, to have you know, so they presented me the the Sasso toys gave me the the, the one and only. The prototype model, the Civil War figure, they gave, gave me cool. that. But That's yeah, cool. the other two were uh, they they were highly high end, high detailed, and uh, it was very humbling. And it, I mean, it's know, amazing what they, run. Yeah, it's amazing what they do with figures now. I mean, these are not the figures I grew up with as kids, or even you guys grew up with as kids. You know, everything is is super detailed yeah. now. So That's amazing. I do have to ask you about this. I mean, this is a major thing to ask you about it. I don't know how much longer we have you. If you have to go at any time, just let us know. But what was it like all these years after service? I assume and I assume getting that phone call in 2013 to say, Mr. Mullen, we want to award you to the yeah. uh, Ranger Hall of Fame uh, and and put you in with with all these guys who you, who you spoke of that you served with who were legends in the community. I, I tell you something, it's one of the most humbling experiences. Um one of the highest one of the highest honors in my life besides the birth of my daughter, my, my children, but to receive that phone call. And whenever, whenever you get, whenever they say you're going to the hall of fame, you, you never feel that you're worthy. You, you, you never feel, you know, that you're worthy that to be amongst those legends in the Ranger hall of fame. And uh, when I got that call, I, I, I will never forget it. And to stand up there on stage you look to your left, um, you look to your right, you see Merrill's Marauders, you see um, yeah. guys you've read about up on the stage, you get inducted with these men. And so my Ranger Hall of Fame message was about unity. It was about the Ranger Brotherhood. And uh, I ended this, I said, you know, there's only one color that we see in the Ranger Battalion. I said, we're all one color. I mean, we're, we're all two colors. And I said, it's black and gold with the half moon shape. That's what I ended it with, because we're brothers. That's and uh, the the see my other brothers get inducted to the Ranger Hall of Fame, uh, one of the highlights of my life. One of the highlights. Uh, that's that's huge, dude. I mean, yeah, that's that's to me that's that's highly that's probably the most respectful thing I, that that I believe, and I, I I not not even cover. I don't care about coveting it. Just just guys that I look up to still and, and to this day is guys like yourself, man. Cause I think every day we're still trying to get better 
And to me, that's who I'm trying to get better to be is guys like that, you know, I, which is, which excelled and, and made it into that, that, that elite fraternity of the hall of fame. I mean, being a ranger is just elite enough, but to get into that, that's even, you know, the, the, the group gets smaller and smaller and, and it's well-deserved. And like I said, you were still the nicest, most humble guy. I know guys look at him. He looks intimidating as hell. Yeah. And he could probably still put his fist through your face and it's going to come out the back of your head. But when you talk to him, guys, like you're just the nicest guy in the world. He always smiling, always friendly, always just, Hey man, what's going on? Sort of guy. You haven't changed. At least I I don't think you've ever changed a bit. And since I first met you, which was what, six years ago, it was a while ago, while ago, but, um, brother, you know, it's amazing story. And, and, um, gotten some RI stuff, but I think we touched on, on most everything. I, I just want to make sure what do you have out there? Cause I know you're a public speaker. You're a great public speaker. Um, but what do you have coming up? Is there stuff you want to push out there? Uh, people, I think people, everybody should, should, if you have a chance to see Max speak, he get in your face, man. He's, he gets, <laughs> he gets motivated. He, if you're in the front row, you're going to be like SeaWorld with Shamu. You're going to, not that he's going to spit all over you, but he's going to be right. You're in the, you're in the action. Man, you too um, kind, brother. Yeah, but no, definitely. But yeah, tell everybody what you got coming up. If you got some public speaking events that they can see you, I, I always, uh, uh, I always tell them, go see Max speak if you ever have a chance um, and whatever else you have on the horizon. Uh, well, um, uh, again, I'm a board member of the Silent Warrior Foundation. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, we, we um, what we do, we have what we call Withian War Stories, where we we bring the people who were part of history and they share their story. And it's a fundraiser. And um, last year, we hosted the Sante Raiders. Okay. And wow. uh, we raised over $207,000. Wow. And it, it goes to our, our special operation warriors who really need help. We have the, the, the service dogs. And um, it, it's a it's an awesome organization. And next year we're going to host uh, Operation um, uh, Gambit, the one the rescue of Kurt Muse. Okay. Uh, after wow. Gambit, we're hosting that next year. Uh, I'll be going down to um, Dallas, uh, Texas, um, in I think in October. It, it, it's in October, and uh, I'll be speaking at the Gallant Few. Okay, uh, with the expo. Car- Carl Ma- with Mongers. Yeah, yeah, Carl, Carl Carl yeah great, great organization. And Mike Schlitz, yep, yeah, their organization that works great for that. People, great people. So wait, that's that's it. That's they have, they're having theirs in is it in Dallas or is it in Fort Worth? I'm sorry, Fort, you, Fort, Fort Worth. It's in Fort Worth and, yeah. and that's in October. So yeah, I forget that's is that open or is that a is that a closed event or can people come and buy tickets for it? Do you know by any chance? No, no, uh, there, I'm not uh, sure. If you go to the Gallup, <clears throat> the, the, the Gallup yeah, Warrior website, they have information on it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Gallant View um, website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe GallantView.org. Right. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's dude. Out, outstanding. And like I said you you're amazing, bro. I, I really and I, you know we'll link up again. If Shot shows this year, I'm sure I'll see you down there. Even though I hate going to that damn thing, but that's oh, gonna be fun, man. I want to go to Shot Show this year. And I haven't, well, next year I haven't gone in in a long time. You know what I've told you? I wanted to, I want to get on that guy John Bartolo's podcast, who has that amazing studio with all the guns <laughs> there. The gun. I want to see that. I want to get him on here just so that we could go see that. I have a bunch of stuff in my so I'll be there in Vegas, man. Uh, um, hey, one last thing, one last thing from me, and then I'll turn over to Ian here and finish this up. But uh, hey, when you have the the fundraisers for the Silent War, it's called the Silent Warriors. That was that's what it's called, correct? Silent Warrior Foundation, right? Silent, you go to our website, Silent Warrior um, Foundation. 
where do you usually hold? Is it at the same same city every year? Is it down we in Fort an, Benning? Is it Columbus? Where's uh, we have it in Scottsdale, Arizona, at the Scottsdale oh, okay. Resort, right? Um, you also uh, go visit our our Facebook, all right, our Silent Warrior Foundation Facebook, okay. and also okay. our website for more information. Uh, we have silent auctions, and it's, we do amazing things for our veterans. And also, I'm a board member on the the Ranger Memorial Scholar Ranger Memorial and Scholarship Foundation, and um, I'm working with. Um, uh, working with them, and uh, I'll tell you, uh, if you have a chance to go to Fort Bend to visit the Ranger Memorial, it represents all eras, and um, yeah. we need some help. We need we need people to get some donations because it's a probably funded, even though it's on Fort Bend, and uh, it for repairs and cleanup because everything's self funded. The the yeah. base has nothing to do with it, and we really need some help. Hey, hey. This is our foundation, our, our memorial. Max, I mean, I, 14th hour, I'll, I mean, we'll give him, I just need, I just need the 501c3 paperwork and we'll get you five grand, dude. Oh, I, wow. I'd love, no, I'd love to. I mean, that's part of my, I don't, and then just me personally giving money out of my own pocket. I, I didn't know, I didn't know the memorial. I, I've never, I've never been reached out. So just, you know, you've got my number to text me and, and let me know what we need to do and, and we'll, we'll get the money, we'll get the money to you. Because yeah, yeah, that thing needs to be held. I mean, I remember when it was first built, and I saw oh, it when yeah. it was first yeah. built, and it was beautiful. I haven't been back and seen it probably in three years, so I hope it's not going into you know disarray and and, and just uh, you know because it's a beautiful, beautiful mem- memorial out there. Yeah, because uh, Brigadier General Stringham, uh, Range yeah. Hall of Fame, um, Special Forces legend, uh, he is the president of it, and uh, I tell you, I would I would die for that man, Brigadier General Stringham. This fabric, he had the passion for this memorial and we really need some help. And I, okay. I really appreciate you reaching out, Chris, and anybody out there who like to help the foundation. Um, we, we are more than, we, we could be more than happy to receive your, your gifts. How do they don't, how do they donate brother? Um, you can go to the, the range memorial website okay. and, uh, or um, we're going to do a lot of updates and things like that. So I'll put the information out because we're right now we're, we're getting, trying to rearrange things, get these things to happen. Okay, but um, you can really use some help, and I really appreciate it, Chris. Oh, of course, of course, man. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much other stuff I'd like to get into with you. We will definitely do a part two at some <laughs> point. Um, I I don't want to end on this note, but I, I feel like it would be wrong not to ask you, even though this is going to air really on the 13th, and we're recording this on the third. Um, so there may be updates in this area before I put it up. I'm sure people just want to hear you as an Army Ranger and a legend in the community. Just any feelings you have on Afghanistan. I know, like I said, I don't want to end it on this because I know it is a negative for a lot of guys, but people are probably interested in hearing your thoughts on, on what's going on there in the chaos. I was going to say this. We don't leave Americans behind. Yeah. Period. We yeah. don't leave Americans behind. Dave, that's enough said. You don't need to say anything other than that. And and that's it's as simple as that. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't. I mean, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> well, and I'll also hey, hey, Chris, check out Chris. Chris would move heaven and earth. Chris would have moved. He moved heaven and earth to defend his brothers in Benghazi. Yeah. And that's what you do. And, and yeah. you know, in Afghanistan, I'm I'm currently trying to get the turp out right now that serve with me over there and and there's americans left over there and 
I know what my opinion is, but me, maybe me and Ian will do a show where it's just me and him talking about it. So we don't, because I don't want to end up on a negative either. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but I'd love to do a show like that and get some other guys who served in Afghanistan on here because yeah, I, I want to hear everybody's feelings on, on this issue and what's going on. And, and from guys who are actually there, not just talking heads on the news. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, but also check out, I should say, and we would have liked to have gotten further into this, of course, TacSim Media Group, TacticalMillSim.com, which is where you work. And you know what? If I have one last question, unless you want to expand upon that at all, as Chris said, you were a guy for your age or not for your age who is still in amazing shape. Like, what is <laughs> yeah. what is your workout? Really? What's your secret, brother? Wondering. <laughs> Bro, um, you got to invest in yourself and uh i'm just going to say this a, a lot of a, a lot of people get out a lot of our, our brothers they retire yeah. and stuff and they just yeah they don't give up they, they just, <laughs> just give up and i tell you it, it's it's not about looking good now it's a lifestyle yeah it's it, it turned into a lifestyle and i try to keep myself in shape because if my country ever needs me needs to call you break glass in case of emergency i'll be ready to roll <laughs> <laughs> and it is that, that making it a lifestyle makes it yeah. that way. It's saying you missing a workout or missing a run or something when I've got to do it on a day is just like if I missed a meal. It feels it's like, man, I forgot something. I, I got to go get this done. And uh, no, you're here. To, and um, how many years young are you? What are you, 22? Just tell everybody how old you so, so when we post this picture of you, <laughs> I want people to see. I, I want to see you tell them how so they have no excuse to not get off their butt and go, go get uh, in shape. But how old yeah. are you, bro? 63. Wow. Some bitch is 63 and he's still <laughs> jacked, man. I'm like, holy. Yeah. So um, you have, nobody has any excuse out there not to be in good shape. You know, man, Max, we'll get you back on, dude. We, we will. We'll do a part, a part two with you and uh, we'll have bro, you on again. I got some storage for part two. It's going to blow your mind. Man. My life is, <laughs> gotta do my it. Life is so, yeah. drama on steroids. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, we, we get it. We'll get you on again, bro. We'll, we'll definitely do it. I know we've been saying that to a lot of guys on the show, but yeah, we will. Now that we're 100 episodes in, we could bring some people back on. But Master Sergeant, it's been a total honor having you on. And thank you for, for coming on with us. Thank you for all you've done for the country. And uh, and I really think people are going to dig this as, as episode 100. Man, I appreciate you. Thanks a lot, Ian, for the invite. And Chris, my brother, man, it's so my good brother. to talk to you. you too, link man. back up, man. You are, let me tell you something, man. You yeah. Are the epitome of a hero. No, no, hero. no, 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 no brother, no, hear me no, out. No, no. And I tell you, you inspire. You're inspiring the next generation. You're inspiring oh, the next you. generation. That's what it's about. I mean, back then, uh, my heroes was like uh, you're reading Robin Moore's book on special forces yeah. and things yeah. like that. But <laughs> your books, you're inspiring the next generation, man. So, brother, keep doing what you're doing, man. I love Thanks, you. Man. Well, I'm just, I'm just doing what you guys talk. All I'm doing is what you, you, you all before me. This is what you do. So you set the example. So I appreciate you. I'm just carrying the torch and I'm I'm 50. So I'm about ready to hand the torch off again because it's time, it's time for me to start chilling. I'm getting old, man. So, but thank, thanks, man. And that makes a lot coming from you, brother. You, I, I admire the hell out of you and, and you're, I still look up to you, man. So I appreciate man, it. Man, thank you, Chris. All right. God bless you. Follow me on Instagram. I'm following you already, so okay. I, right, I already got you. What, what's your wait, wait, what's your Instagram handle? You tell everybody out there what what is the game because you got to follow Max on Instagram. Okay, it's um, M A A X underscore 
you see it. You, you, you can't miss it. You can't miss You can't miss it. No, I have to pull Cause I, I'll be honest. I didn't even know that you were on Instagram and I figured you being your age, a lot of guys, your age, you're like, ah, oh, fuck all this. No, dude. He, he crap. So if, look at the guy that looks, that makes Lee Haney look small. That's the guy that you want to follow right there. I'm trying it, to it, find it. And I want to get, so wait, it's M. I, I got, Hey Max, hold on. I got you. I'm going to, I'll pull my, cause I'm, I follow you, dude. I do. I do. I got you. Actually, all, all I got to search is Hugh Max Mullen, and it's going to come Oh, I up. see. So it's it's just Max underscore Mullen, but with two N's at the end. Max, Roger, uh-huh. Right? Is that that's the correct one? Max that's underscore one, M-U-L-L-E-N-N. I'm, of course, going to follow you on my personal page and, and also Battleline Podcast. But uh, thank you so much. This thank is the home run for episode 100, truly. <laughs> thank you so much. Take Thanks. care. Bro. We'll talk to you later, bro. All right. God right, bless you, bro. Yes, sir. All right, That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit. Never quit.